You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. All magic comes with a price. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. and now my watch begins. Welcome to the Throne Room, the unofficial Game of Thrones podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, July 26, 2017, and I am your host, Brittany Garcia, and Lord Commander of this particular night's watch. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the hit, HBO series Game of Thrones. Please welcome my co-hosts Aura Careño. Hello. Clay B. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Priscilla Rocha. Hello there. Let's jump into our recap of season seven, episode two, titled Stormborn, and aired July twenty third, twenty seventeen. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Daenerys sends Dornish men on Yara's fleet to Sunspear, the Unsullied to Casterly Rock, and decides not to attack King's Landing. Melisandre arrives at Dragonstone and tells her about the prophecy involving Daenerys and Jon. In King's Landing, Cersei gathers several lords asking for their loyalty and promising Randall the title of Warden of the South. Arya meets with Hot Pie, who tells her John is king in the north. She then decides to return to Winterfell. After receiving Samwell's letter, John leaves for Dragonstone in hopes of getting Daenerys support against the White Walkers, leaving Sansa in charge. At the Citadel, Samwell begins a forbidden treatment on Jorah for his grayscale. And lastly, Euron's fleet ambushes Yara's. Whew. I feel like these synopsis are just going to get bigger and bigger. And thats it's funny because I feel like we had less characters in this episode. But yeah. it still delivered much more than I thought it would. We had a battle in the second <clears throat> episode. I mean, okay, maybe not a battle, but like... A, a battle-ish. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean... Guys, it was epic. It definitely yeah. felt very like end of the season or season, the end of the season ish, um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And I, I think we were all expecting that scene to go in one direction, uh, and I was actually really rooting for that. But we'll get to that <laughs> here in a second. But it exploded, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Literally. So. <laughs> yeah. 
that's your reaction. Uh, you loved it. This was amazing. Really nice, really nice ending, I would say, to the episode because I think we had a lot more good things happening for our heroes than, uh, you know, the villains. And I feel like it was necessary for what happened at the end to happen. And I'm kind of glad to. And I think uh, we're all probably going to agree on this. So, um, <laughs> Priscilla, <laughs> Priscilla, how'd you feel about this episode? I feel it was balanced. It's exactly like what you said. Like the bat. Usually in Game of Thrones, the bad outweighs the good. Like you know that your heroes aren't going to be rewarded until the long haul. And we were rewarded the last episode, and in this episode, like we got some stuff taken away from us. But I don't mind it. It's it makes things interesting. It makes things real. I loved this episode. Yes, I, that, and I feel like we're all a little biased, but we'll get into that later. Of why it was good. Um, Aura, do you feel the same? Did you like this episode? Yeah, I mean, at at the beginning, it was a little slow, to be honest. I felt like, oh, this is going to be the same as, like, episode one. Like, am I going to sit through the same again? (laughs) Like, time just kept passing by, and it's, like, 9.40, and I'm like, is anything, like, you know, more interesting going to happen? And then it happened, and I was happy, so it was good. Yes, I'm glad of all the positivity. I feel like um, usually the first episodes, they're not really hit or miss, but they are very much set up and, you know, everyone's talking and getting their plans together. And we had a little bit of that in this episode, too. But I also feel like last week's episode was more about, like, where you're from and what you're what you're doing. And I feel like in this episode, we got a little bit more of a glimpse of who you are. I mean, we this is the seventh season of this show but I feel like we still needed to establish who our characters are at this point in time because there's been a lot of evolution for all the characters. Yeah. Um, even if you, even if you want to think, you know, oh well, Cersei's still evil. It's like, yeah, but like now it's more of like a madness evil. It's a chaotic evil. You know, she's she's lost everything, so she's she's also evolved too. Um, yeah. So and and Danny as well. I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about with Danny and then John too. Um, and his leadership and his role as king of the north and Sansa like it's just a lot of change of where we are and either whether we disagree or not with uh, what they're doing and what they're saying it's still for good TV these are some interactions we've been wanting since season one so I'm all for if uh, they're just going to be talking to each other Um, but I'm glad that they're moving the pace like for this season I am totally on board the messages are getting there i don't know they put steroids on those ravens because everyone's getting the messages in the next scene and i'm like you know what i'm okay with this i don't it, need it's to see just reasons we yeah. let's like i feel like i just want to accept that i'm just gonna blindly just take that as fact that it magically this raven went from sam to john over the course of one episode where previously it's taken the better half of seasons for the same so it's it's one of those things where i'm just like uh not gonna, I can't start pulling at threads. If I start applying logic and reason to it, it's all gonna blow. But one thing I wanted to say, what you were talking about, Brittany, I do actually do, and I may be like an overly patient Game of Thrones fan, but the pacing of this show has never been a huge concern for me outside of season one. And that's because I didn't know what kind of beast I was dealing with at the time oh, and what course. it would grow to be, you know. Um, but I, I, and 
I don't want to, you know, like, give the writers a free pass. But some of the stuff, and some of the stuff that I think people fairly criticized um, last week online, uh, it it's necessary. We need to have an idea of not... Because, I mean, even at the end of Season 6, everything changed, like you were saying earlier. All of these characters that we do know are now different as a direct result of that. And so I do think it's, you know, it, it can be a little eye-rolling, and I get how people who really want to battle uh, could see that those scenes are boring. But, it yeah, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, and you know what? That's actually a great point that people, you know, they want a lot of fighting, they want a lot of battles. Well, we got one in this episode. We did. If that but was all, you, you got it. <laughs> I know. I said it. I know. I, I'm going to take all the points. Um, but also, I saw some, you know, some of the reaction online that they were like, well, how did that happen? How did he sneak up on them? How did he do this? I'm like, so you want a battle, but you're getting mad at how it happens. I'm like, this is a fantasy show. You got to let certain things pass. I'm not saying don't critique your show or your favorite show. Just sometimes you got to let some things pass. But there were... Uh, a couple of things there that people were able to explain about your and maybe we'll get into that maybe uh some of our book readers here will be able to to talk about that and back that up so Ooh. it's just gonna be it's gonna be so good so <laughs> before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of game of thrones here's our announcer with a few special announcements binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to iTunes or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Radio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. So let's get into this episode, guys. A lot is happening, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have some great conversations here. Maybe we'll butt some heads, or maybe we're all just going to agree because we're just that awesome. Um, and, <laughs> Either uh, way, it'll be fun. Yeah, it will. <laughs> and this episode flowed a little bit 
interesting. We got a lot of secluded storylines going on, and it was moving. Um, but I think Danny's mostly um, storyline was going back and forth. We start with her. We have some middle scenes with her. Um, yeah. It's well, I mean Dragonstone in general, and then we get some endings with her. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in a really like interesting way with Dragonstone and Danny stuff. So uh, bear with me, guys, so we can get this going. Um, All right. So, but first, I'm not gonna start with Danny. Oh my God, I'm going to start with the Queen of Madness. I'm gonna start with Cersei and King's Landing. <laughs> um, so we know where they're at. They need some allies. They need to to find some if there's any. Like Jamie pointed out last week, you know, you're the Queen of Three Kingdoms. So what right. is Cersei? And you know, we're kind of getting Euron in there. But she's just waiting for him to do whatever he's going to do. You know, there's no really trust there. But uh, Cersei needs what she can or what she has already. Um, and she needs to appeal to the lords that are the loyal houses that she still has. So we get that scene of Cersei gathering the remaining loyal houses to fight for her. And uh, she has the great speech of, you know, who Danny is and what she's going to do when she comes here to invade. Um... And then we get Jamie, you know, getting down and not getting his hands dirty per se, but he's doing a lot of negotiating for Cersei. And he's appealing mostly to Randall Tarly, which is Sam's uh, father, uh, to stand with them and to fight. And offering him Warden of the South if that win, uh, if, if they win the war. Um, and Randall's a little bit like, well, I don't know, you know, I've known Olena. You know, he's, he's not as yeah. convinced until he gets that... Um, that promise. I feel like anybody that has a conversation with Olena knows, like, that is not someone I'm going to fuck over. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, looked, just... he looked a little conflicted there, like, you know, I, because <laughs> like, who they, am I more afraid of? Yeah, he's loyal, his house is loyal to Tyrell, um, and I love, too, that Jamie has to put it in in his own words, I mean, Cersei did the same thing when she was talking to the, to the lord, uh, the, the lords of those houses that, um, you know, Olena is a broken woman, which she is, but, you know, continue that sentence and say, well, she's broken because uh, your sister, you know, burned alive her entire house. You know, you got to, it's funny what they choose to say, but Context. they're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. And, but they're not wrong, right? And, Cer yeah. and Cersei's words, too, to the lords was like, well, Danny has dragons and they're going to come and they're going to do this and they're going to burn you. And you know what else she did to the slave owner? She crucified them and did this. It's like, well, yeah, uh, but she never gives the reasoning. She just says, you know, that she'll she's going to be like her father. Um, yeah. There was something <clears throat> really disturbingly timely about that scene. Uh, Cersei... I'm not going to draw any real-life comparisons, but reminded me of a certain politician who plays to people's basis instincts and their worst fears and uh, the idea of anything different as dangerous or as a threat. And we saw Cersei, as she was explaining to her people, her kingdom, technically, I mean, well, more than technically, she is on the Iron Throne, and she was very specific in the vocabulary that she used, and she called them savages, do you want savages to come here, and etc., and there was some historical accuracy to that, I, I definitely think in Game of Thrones feels real, because, it, you know, so many things in history have inspired it, but 
I was just, uh, I did not like that. It, 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 but it, I understand in terms of writing, it was very realistic. It's not like I disagree with the writing, but it's just, it struck a, a nerve with me, definitely, when she started calling them savages. And armies of savages are going to rape your women, and it was just like, wow, okay. It's, it's true. Like, she uses language that's going to incense people, going to mm-hmm. make them passionate about something. And yet, it's awesome that she's balanced out by her brother, who leads with more logic and tries yes. to like lead like he knows rousing speeches aren't going to like help this guy what this guy needs is the, the like the carrot instead of the stick he needs he exactly. needs to be led to us this way and i like i appreciated that the only thing that like i didn't like was fixed later on which was when Cersei, when they're like she has dragons what the hell do you have and she oh, says, and "Well, we're working on that. We'll get to you. We'll get on. We'll get to you shortly. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's fixed later on. But like, at that point, I'm like, damn, you you were so strong. You 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 could have like had these men around like your your finger. Like th- this this is the kind of leadership that they want to see, but." Yeah. Not necessarily the kind of leadership I want to see, but still, like it's it, it. She's smart. She's wily, and I appreciate that in a villain. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Art. I love that how that scene just uh, proved how good Tyrion is of like a how what's the word like a a planner like that's not the word. Oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking a for? A strategist. Like, yeah, a strategist, yes. <laughs> the tyranny of a strategist that he, like, exactly, like, perfectly predicted what Cersei would do. And it just, like, <laughs> I love how, like, he, like, sets it up and then she goes and she's like, yes, these savages and whatever, like, they're gonna come. She's bringing a lot of, like, um, foreigners and whatever. And you're like, okay, Tyrion, yes. I get it. <laughs> I get it. He was I- right. I don't know yeah. if you guys have siblings, but can you imagine going into like a national war thinking about my sister and specifically? And I just know what annoys her, right? And I know how she thinks, and I know exactly. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take an extra ten minutes in the bathroom today. Just <laughs> take it to her. And that's yeah. like just the the nature of the relationships between siblings. And these two, oh man, they. They, uh, just in general, the Lannister family doesn't have the best in terms of boundaries and sibling relationships or uh, trust, with the exception being Cersei and Jamie. but mm, mm. There's too much trust there. Yeah, <laughs> they trust each other a little too much yeah. with air quotes. Uh-huh. Mm. So, I feel like I'm still kind of mad at Jamie for sticking with his sister, but I also understand why he's still there. I feel like Cersei has no one, and I feel like also Jamie doesn't, but he does, and I don't think he really realizes that. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a little sad that he's still sticking around, but I do find it interesting, and I'm also hoping we get the return of Bronn down here, but I kind of don't want them to fight for Cersei. I'm a little sad about well- that. Did you know, like, also, like, weird side note, that Bronn and Cersei are, like, can't do scenes together? 
Is that still it, a thing? I thought that they, they wait, got wait, over wait, that. Wait, 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 <clears throat> What? They, yeah, it's stipulated the in their contract that, like, yeah. they cannot do scenes together. They had a really shitty breakup, like, ages ago when they were together. So now, like, Ooh. they they refuse to do scenes together. I thought Shut they said the that they were door. over that. Weren't they? Or maybe I, maybe I don't know where I heard that, but... They, they like, they released, like, the, that bit of the contract, like, last season. Oh. I didn't even know Cersei and Bronn date. Uh, this is blowing my mind right now. No <laughs> freaking way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm a little sad about that because they could have had some really nice scenes, I think, uh, with mm-hmm. the way Bronn's character is and Cersei. Um, they would also have really pretty villainous babies. I want to put that out there. <laughs> that well, I mean, didn't... Like didn't, nefarious didn't, and adorable. Didn't Jamie promise Braun, you know, a more beautiful wife or a richer household? And maybe he hasn't delivered that yet. So I am looking forward to Braun's return. If he's, I'm pretty sure he'll come. He's going to be in the season. I just don't know when. Um, he was in the trailer. Yeah, that's a good point. I hope he rolls up. Like, what's that about you and your family paying debts? What? What are you? What are you always saying? Yeah. And he's like, I'm always getting fucked over by the Lannisters, but uh, which is true. <laughs> So, um, and I don't, I don't even think I want to see Bronn versus Tyrion either. That's going to be, uh, I don't know, it's some exciting stuff. I really want to see these interactions. Like I said, you know, um, friends to enemies or, you know, friends to friends. I mean, I don't know what we're going to see. But speaking of, I said Cersei doesn't have any friends. But at the same time, she's got a really great um, bodyguard in the mountain. Uh, but, yeah. And then she also has uh, uh, Kyburn. Or is it Quiburn? I always get that name wrong. It's, it's Quiburn. Uh, it's Quiburn. He, he is so Westeros's good. Jeffrey Dahmer. I feel like, like he, I don't know, man. He's so I, good, uh... though. I like, I like, <laughs> I like watching him because he he combines science and magic, and I feel yes. like that's something that's missing in King's Landing, but he brings it because yes, King's Landing is the furthest from the Wall and the Walkers and the dragons. But they have stuff there that reflects that this type of stuff does exist or did exist. Like, we get that scene of uh, Kyburn and um, and Cersei walking, and we get the skull of the dragon, Valyrian. Um, and they're just talking about the past and the wars. So it's just, it's there in King's Landing. All the history and the richness and the magic is there, but they some of them don't really believe it either. I mean, and they're just kind of, it's just, it's not there, but I think, I feel like this guy, he brings it uh, back in the fold, especially with what he did with the mountain. So I just love that entire scene. And I love that Cersei's kind of, it's not that she's a believer, but she's kind of embracing the fact that something is happening and she'd rather be prepared than not. And this guy's the perfect one to do it. Apparently, um, they, they have a weapon for the dragons and we get a scene of what it can do. And frankly, guys, what did you? I, I'm afraid for the dragons. I already mentioned my theory last week um, of what could happen, but I feel like this just cemented what I'm thinking is going to. But I want to know what you guys thought about that scene, how you're feeling, and if you have any theories of like what that scene is going um, to bring in the future. Man. I would be worried if I were her dragons. Like, I'd be like, okay, let's practice our techniques for dodging and weaving because that shit has to be reloaded every once in a while. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like cheer practice for dragons. Like, get it together. <laughs> yeah. 
get information. Oh my <laughs> god. No. I'm just uh I I I feel like you're right. Like something bad's gonna happen to one of those dragons. Like and yet, like what's what do we think is gonna happen like later on in the future, like I feel like we're all tiptoeing around this because we just are rejecting the idea that this is a possibility. Um, Maybe I'm off base and I'm thinking of something completely different, but I'm thinking Ice Dragon or some variation thereof. Yeah, I'm thinking Ice Dragon, but I'm thinking at some point they're all going to die because, like, that's what's sparking this magic with the, what's sparking this change wasn't that like what the maesters the, the the mages like ages ago the ones with the weird blue lips what they said season two like oh, that her, her dragons invite like magic like so i i'm i'm assuming at some point later on like we're not going to have dragons anymore and maybe like this is how they're picked off one by one mm-hmm. It's interesting to see. And the dragons have been such a crucial part of Game of Thrones. I feel like if we wanted to explain Game of Thrones to, like, aliens, like, dragons would definitely be a huge part of it. And even people who aren't familiar with the show know the iconography of, or just, like, the the iconic, uh, the dragons and um, seeing them front and center. It's going to be heartbreaking, Um, like it has been in the past when we've seen the dragons either mistreated or temporarily put in a a timeout in a kennel slash cave. It's emotional to watch. Um, Danny's connection to him, I feel like that really resonates uh, with the audience. And I feel like if a dragon died, not only would it be tragic for the death that it is and to see Daenerys and Amelia Clark, who you know would nail that scene, but also what that represents and what uh, that would end. And I think that you guys are right. And I do remember uh, the blue weird teleporting like twin guys talking about that. I had completely forgot about that. But maybe it's true because <clears throat> if we look at season one uh, pre-dragon, you can't really point to anything and say, oh, that's like a Ren- when Renly died and there was a shadow or this, this and that. After these dragons are born, maybe something woke up. Maybe there was something ancient and dormant and the birth of these dragons woke it up. It could be, you know, uh, what is causing a lot of the things that we see on this, be it the White Walkers in the North or what's happening in the Southeast with Daenerys. Yeah, I definitely think a dragon is going to die this season. I don't think they're all going to die, though. I just, I don't know. I think if if they're not all going to die, I still think that Drogon will probably be the one to survive. Because if yeah. he if he's the one that dies, which I, I guess he could, because this show likes to kill fan favorites of anything, of any creature ever, um, Drogon's death would probably hit me the most, because he's formed the closest bond with Danny, um, mm. and, I, and I would really, really hate that, so... Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be Drogon. Um, and if he if and if they all die, Drogon's gonna be the last one. Cause, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it's gonna be. But I don't think. I, but I still don't think they're gonna die, like all all of them. But I think at least one, one oh. has to die. Like, yeah, what for sure. Like you just can't. y'all are cruel. <laughs> Animal cruelty. What has Papita. to die? Like emphasis, like has to like, die. Okay, like, just the way it is. Like she can't have them all three. Okay. Um. So saying. then, which, which one do you guys think is gonna go down out of the three? If you guys remember their names, if not, um, I remember them. It's, 
Drogon, Viserion, and I forgot what the last one is. Is it Jeff? The third one is Jeff. Rhaegal. <laughs> Rhaegal. Rhaegal. Yeah. Okay. I think I... Viserion will die. I think it's Drogon. I think they're gonna start off with the <gasps> big one first. That would be huge, and it would be like, guess what? I can see them doing Nobody that, but I hate it. you for saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I quintessentially wouldn't... Game of Thrones for them to do that, to take the, you know, it just makes sense. I could totally see the writers doing that. And I can totally see being heartbroken and being depressed about it on this podcast afterwards. Oh my god. It's because I feel like if that one dies so soon, even before the, the long night battle, I feel like that's gonna really take away something from Danny. I feel like a lot of people are trying to predict, or they they are predicting that she is the she will become the Mad Queen, and that mm-hmm. it just takes small steps to for her to get there. Uh, little scenes, you know, dialogue, her facial expressions, the way she's treating people, um, are leading people to believe that that's her fate. And but we're not there yet. But I feel like if they kill Drogon like in front of her or something, and Ooh. they prop it. You know, like, oh, we killed your dragon, the one you're closest to. It could kind of lead her into a darker path, even with all the advisors she has. So It would almost echo Marcella's death, in a way, of being the last vestige of this character's humanity, or their last tether to this world and this things. And it, it's, it's frightening. And one thing I'm really interested uh, to get you guys' opinion on, I really thought that for me, uh, it seemed like the the female leads of this episode kind of stole the show. Um, particularly Danny, the scene with Olena, the scene with Yara, the scene with it was just it was definitely I was feeling the girl power in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it, it was all here. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that though. Like <laughs> all the guys are like being left out. <laughs> How do you know? It is the age of women. No, I I don't know. Like I love the the John scenes and I like him in Middlefinger. I love the scenes with um freaking with ah oh, god that gross freaking scene with Sam uh, like or like uh, or uh, Euron freaking jumping in and out of nowhere. Like I think the guys are keeping up. I'm, I I wouldn't say. But I, I think, wouldn't say I, girls I think, ruled this episode. Um, to your, <laughs> I think it was equal. To your point, Clay, I think the thing that probably stood out the most and probably brought the girl power the most is definitely having everybody in Danny's uh, headquarters all standing there, all women. Like something that is n- probably never really happened in Westeros uh, right. ever. But we have mm-hmm. Danny there with three other powerful women devising a plan. Like that is just unheard of it's amazing i feel like sansa's struggling for that in winterfell but danny has it here and i think mm-hmm. it was just so fascinating to watch even no matter how you feel about alaria Sand, i still thought it was a really powerful scene and danny i think really you know stands her ground there too so it was wanted- bizarre that scene it was so good it was so good and i loved it but <clears throat> the fact that all of these uh different storylines are finally converging it's almost like a crossover episode i feel <laughs> like but it's the same show it's like it just all of this like the idea of if i would have seen a picture of that scene if i would have seen a still of them in dragonstone daenerys in her full regalia we have uh varus is in the room Tyrion. Uh, Olena, Misandre, I might be butchering her name. Just all of these people, it would, 
it would have blown my mind uh, then. And even now, it's like, I think that our patients, uh, this is a show where you have to pay your dues. You have to invest in these characters. And when you do, you get like a return on investment that is three times as much, in my opinion, because it's so rich. But it, it's definitely something that takes a level of commitment. Uh, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's, it's why we're still here, right? I mean, I, the story's nice, the magic and the dragons, but it's, I think, the characters that, that keep us here. It's why everybody got crazy when Ned died. It's why everybody, yeah. you know, quits at the Red Wedding it, or quit when Jon Snow died. I mean, but also what? they brought it back, you know, when uh, when jo- when Joffrey died, it's like it brought back a lot of the people. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's back and forth, you know, those people that yeah. really love their characters and they're like oh i'm gonna quit but you know what you really never can quit to be fair like i don't think you really can um okay so then that's pretty much king's landing and what's going on there and i'm pretty sure we're gonna get some more of that because i i I am enjoying cersei's uh arc right now only because i i foresee her dying and i really want to know how she's gonna go even though right now she she looks very strong she's being a queen uh, she's knowing what to say to the people. You know, it's just a lot of cool stuff coming up. So let's switch over to something we mentioned a little bit uh, right now. Um, I don't know what Game of Thrones is doing. I don't know what the writers are trying to do at the Citadel. I, they really should just call it the Citadel because we are getting some really, <laughs> we're getting some really gross stuff. Like it's like the Adventures of Sam, and like I don't even know what's going on here but sam learns about jorah and uh we get a good look at how jorah's looking i mean we're talking about his arm looking all crazy and we're all like trying to decide or figure out like oh he's gonna look like all stone man or half stone man or half of his face half body well we got to look at it and he looks really freaking bad his face is okay but his body's looking bad and Sam is trying to figure out a way to help him out. And he's like, I'm doing research. You know, I don't know how to operate and stuff, but I think I can cure him. I think I, I know what we can do. And they're shutting him down. But we, I think we all I think we all knew after last week, Sam going in the forbidden room, he was going to do something just crazy. But I was all for it. Um, I loved it. I feel yeah. like Sam really dug in and channeled his inner Christina Yang this week, and I was all about it. He was in the Citadel Library reading up. Uh, that scene was rough. The pus that exploded uh, from his chest uh, in the close-up thereafter. Um, and one thing, I want to give the actor credit uh but I don't know his name, uh, Jorah, uh, the guy who plays Jorah Mormon, really brought it in that scene and really communicated the wordless just agony that he was experiencing trying uh, not to scream. I would have died. I would have just, like, passed out and died from that or just, like, not been able. I, I can't even. And it, yeah. Uh, but shout out to their special effects team because, I mean, while it was repulsive and disgusting, the pus was fairly realistic looking, which is why I think we're all, like, right now. Do you know, yeah. like, as, as like, a, like, a side note here, but, like, do you think, like, Sam's going to survive this entire thing? Because, like, that thing where he said to the beginning uh, w- with the guy... When the guy's like, yeah, do you think I'm going to have, like, my history of, and he gives, like, a really boring, like, title for the history of uh, the realms after, like, the first Targaryen's death. Like, do you think I'm going to do that? And he's like, well, I would give 
my history like a little bit more of a poetic name and i'm like does mm-hmm. that mean that he's like george r, r. martin's like like st- like his stand in his like self like oh his, like, that's and meta. At the end like all of this stuff this like the songs of when like i like winterfell like everything and it just zooms out to Sam just reading it with his grandkids and ah, kids is how he <laughs> exactly that's what oh. I was thinking of I'm like because if that's the case it doesn't matter what happened with that janky operation it doesn't what it doesn't matter what's gonna happen later on my Sam is gonna survive this he's gonna be a, yes. he, he's gonna be cool I, and I am I, shocked he's lasted this long. I immediately love Sam because I hate exercise and I would suck at the wall. I would be the worst night there. I would be sleeping all the time. I mean, I'm like barely on time for this podcast. I'm definitely the punk. <laughs> like I would die. I would get my ass beat or I would, yeah, it would just not be. So I immediately kind of like really related to his character and he's an, an intellectual and he's sensitive. And because of that and because of the Red Wedding, I assumed Sam was going to die long ago. So every episode for me with Sam is truly a gift. I'm like, okay, all right. So I feel you, Priscilla. I'm hoping uh, that he writes a badass like chain of novels about what has happened and what he's seen. Uh, nobody will read them because nobody in Westeros can read, say for the royalty, it seems like. But still, That's I think he would have that. <laughs> this book is so great. I know we can use it as a cup holder. We can use it yes. as we can use it to prop shit up. Yes, exactly. best book. <laughs> that Sam thing is actually like a like an actual theory that people believe and i feel like the writers were just like kind of messing with the people who believe that like who like have theorized that and i feel like it was like intentional they they put it there intentionally for people like me who like (laughs) this is true and just obsessed about it that's interesting yeah Yeah, to be like wait what did you say like come again Yeah, that would be really interesting. A, a good old-fashioned Game of Thrones red herring. I don't think I've ever thought about um, Sam being, like, the author of, like, the series we've been watching. And I think I would, I wouldn't mind that. And I don't mind him staying alive. I feel like uh, Sam kind of speaks to the intellectual people, you know, that he may not be, um, you know, physically amazing like john but he's very smart and he's able to figure things out with that and he has a and he's and he's just a good guy which i think is really scary in game of thrones but i think he i think if he stays at the citadel i think he'll be fine i don't know if he'll leave the citadel this season or if he ever will but i feel like he's going to be the overall mvp of this season uh, with what he's going to be finding out in that library, so... Oh my goodness, you guys know what I just thought about? Okay, to our credit, and we could be Alex Jones in here and just, like, going out a conspiracy thing, but uh, if Sam is indeed, let's say, the author with air quotes, or is going to document the events of these series, or write a book on Westerosi history, it would make sense that all of those big fixtures from the Citadel are in the theme song. You know, in the beginning, when it's like, dun, 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 and they show those big spherical things that we found out at the end of last season were in the Citadel. So maybe we're onto something. If if it ends up being that, we're going to have to recall this moment and be like, we fucking called it. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And you, you're totally right. That's it, it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just fodder for all of us that are like, 
better Alex Jonesing this shit. I like exactly what you said. Oh, God, yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just so good, guys. I mean, but I also want... Why aren't we writing, you guys? We need to just... Let's get this together. We're just going to become... I like... think there'd be a lot of fan fiction there. I think there'd be like a whole episode of me wanting to see... Uh, john and danny get it on and i would be okay with it um <laughs> but we'll talk about some of that a little bit later about um some interesting uh intimacy scenes going on but before we get there um let's uh let's transition you know that really gross transition of cutting up uh or cutting off the skin of jora <laughs> into a very delicious pie the people that write this show know that there's people that like get eat together while and this, eat yeah. while watching this and they just like want to punish the shit out of us this time around <laughs> that way well, if yeah. you're lucky you finish your food even before you sit down because that's just the way yeah. some people are like when you're at the theater and you have your popcorn and everything you're ready you're gonna be eating it you know so but uh luckily I was eating, and uh, nice. I'm just. Nice. I think I'm. I think I'm becoming immune to it a little bit, but it was pretty gross. But we meet up with Arya, who is with Hot Pie, um, oh. which is so adorable and amazing. And I just love that they're re- they're reunited there. And even Hot Pie is like, I don't know how I thought you were, boy. You're so pretty. And he <laughs> updates her about John. And I think this was something we talked about last week that we we did. We were one, I forget we who were, said it, but somebody said it. Yeah, we were wondering if Arya knew about John being up in the north, and even in this conversation, we don't even hear about Sansa being there. But we, for, she, for sure knows now that John is king in the north, and that actually um, changes her mind about her going to King's Landing. We get that scene of her deciding to go back to Winterfell, and on her way there, she meets up with Nymeria. Oh, puppy. Well, not puppy anymore. Oh, not uh, puppy no more, girl. <laughs> but, you know, yes, <laughs> my God, that thing was huge. Uh, I love that yeah. scene. Uh, the return of Hot Pie is awesome. Side note, uh, if you're at a computer right now, uh, Google Hot Pie. Uh, that kid, who that actor, he makes those like direwolf bread things that he made for Arya like a long time ago. The actual actor makes those and sells them. So that's free promotion for you, Hop. Hi, you're welcome. But uh, I was looking uh, <clears throat> at this scene and it just... It reminded me the beginning of it that Arya's a child. It was the first time in a very long time I've looked at her for her age. And I think that there was something kind of juvenile about the way that, you know, when children are ravenously hungry and they finally get food and it's like a horror movie. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like to me. She was just kind of jamming it. Uh, it looked like her, how the hound was. I feel like that was something yeah. she picked up from the hound because the hound <laughs> ate like that too. Yeah. And, and, and the she way he- drank the ale and I'm like, you're... Th- Oh, my goodness. But you know what? I mean, if you're old enough to, like, murder an entire house, <laughs> to wipe an entire fucking family from the pages of, yeah, you, I, I guess you can, at that point, drink half a cup of ale. I think you've earned it. We have to assume that a couple of years have passed. So I think uh, uh, Arya was 10, if not 11, in season one. So right now she's probably, like, 14. I would say, like, 16 or 17. Yeah, around there, too, because Sansa, too, is, like, about 18, a little bit older. Uh, and I think Bran's just right under uh, Arya, so... Or if not older than her, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the order of uh, of how the, the Stark kids were in the pilot. Right, and they had the them there. 
Yeah. I love that Rickon is just like the Tiffany Trump of Westeros. He's just like the one you never see. Yeah, that's uh, a... That was really sad, though. It Mm -hmm. was... And because I feel like his character didn't get explored at all outside of wandering around a tomb when he was like, you know, three years old talking about dreams and ghosts and shit that he'd seen or whatever he said. They never really fleshed his character out when you think about it. It's like... It kind of sucks because I feel like by the time we got to season three, I was starting to notice that Game of Thrones was really focusing on legacy, on the on the yeah. generation of the kids. And um, so when they started, like, you know, killing off Joffrey and then Marcella and then Tom, and I was like, wow, I guess they're the only ones, you know, that aren't going to survive this. But then they killed Rickon, too. So um, um, it, it's just kind of sad. I'm like, where did we draw the line of, like, who's not going to die? Like, kids apparently, you know, can still die, too. So um, yeah. it's a little sad. And it adds a brutal realism to the show, and I think that that's why we're also fucking stoked to watch this and talk about it, is because the stakes are always high. Uh, and the end of this episode, I'm jumping way ahead of us here, but I think we can all agree, uh, was an example of that. I mean, they they wanted us to know, like, don't get complacent, don't get comfortable. I think mm-hmm. that the writers are very uh, intelligent, and I think that they have a level of intuition when it comes to the only gaffe that they seem to make seems to be the Ed Sheeran thing. Their reaction to that is they they couldn't see why you know so many people uh, were upset about it. But generally speaking, I feel like they have their finger on the the pulse of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think to the point of Rick on you know dying and us not getting more of him. I'm pretty sure it has to do with the fact that we don't have any more book material, and I'm pretty sure Rickon has, like, a different destiny in the book, um, so I think I'm kind of okay with that, that maybe, yes, he dies in the show, and yes, we're sad because of, uh, how cinematic it was, and they were so close, but I feel like maybe he'll get his redemption in the book, or, you know, it'll be a lot nicer there, so I'm okay with what we have in the show, and maybe in the books it'll be better, so... I'm really curious, and I'm sure that people uh, listening to this might be too. I haven't read the books, but I'm wondering of you guys who are our bookworms, the resident uh, book readers. I read them, but I read them ages ago, so like, I don't know. I, I, I haven't I, that's re- better I, I haven't than the either. my never reading it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just know, I just know some details from the books that uh, that you know don't really. Um, they just help a little bit about where I know where characters are, like, that's it. But when the series is done, I'm going to go and read everything, so that way I don't mix up stuff. I, I want to see the show for what it is, and then I want to read the books and be like, oh, okay, this is different. Oh, okay, yeah. I see this, and oh, okay, like, maybe I love the character in the show, but I might hate them in the books. Like, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. mix it up right now, so... But that's just that's all. you know what you guys after the series finale we're, we're gonna do a Game of Thrones book club I can feel it <laughs> finger sandwiches mimosas George R R Martin oh yeah we're gonna need some mimosas because I need some alcohol I feel like <laughs> okay so guys we like the hot pie scene you know he even compliments on how pretty she is and he she you know she decides to go to Winterfell uh, first question did you guys uh, think that she was going to go to Winterfell, that she was ultimately going to choose that. And second, um, how did you feel about her reunite, her, yeah, her reunion, I'm sorry, reunion with Nymeria? And did, did you feel like you understood what their scene was trying to say? 
I'm so freaking happy because I like I told like my boyfriend like we watched together and I looked at him and I'm like if she doesn't pick going back to Winterfell she's gonna die this season because I don't see her going up against the mountain and taking him on and winning I don't see her going up against Cersei and winning this season so like it, I, it doesn't spell good things for her so when they were like John's alive yes that's that's enough of a reason Arya go and she left and I was very excited and very happy about it I started clapping but um <laughs> when she met Nymeria I was like, oh, this is going to be a bittersweet scene because, like, I don't see her being, like, a badass assassin with a giant wolf and his, and their tribe of other, like, wolves by her It doesn't side. do like, much for your stealth game. The yeah. 13th wolf following you would definitely be a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. So, like, her saying, like, it's not her at the end, I got confused for a second until, like, the after show credits thing and they, they showed that it was a a mirroring of when she told Ned who like Ned was like dreaming of her maybe like growing up and like getting married with and having like little lords and ladies and she was like that's not me that's yeah. exactly what she was saying with Nymeria that that's not that that's not her anymore she doesn't she's not the pet wolf that goes with her to Winterfell she's mm-hmm. grown up she, she's wild she cray cray she, she's a wolf She's a direwolf. It's true. That was a really emotional scene. What did you think about it, Ara? Oh, I thought it was adorable. I well, ever since like Hot Pie came up, I was like, yes, he's like so adorable. I cannot handle him. And then she leaves. Like, but you know what? And I don't know what you guys think, but the show has gotten a little um, predictable for me. I was like, okay, like. Like, something's gonna happen here, and she's gonna decide to go to Winterfell, and then she's gonna run into Nymeria, because we already kind of knew that that, well, not kind of, like, we already already knew that she was gonna meet up with Nymeria from last year's, sorry, last week's, um, promo, like, for this episode, so I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, so this is gonna happen, and, but, to the show's credit, though, it happened, and it was beautiful, um, that dire wolf is gigantic <laughs> like i was so scared too when she was like approaching her i'm like oh my gosh she's gonna like bite her hand off and it's gonna be over yeah I was, I was genuinely scared and then yeah and then it happened then she's like no like she just leaves she's like come with me Doug's like nope bye um <laughs> new phone who dis you know i really loved what that scene symbolized and it was uh, a confirmation for Arya uh and to have left and she has been much like bran and so many other characters a satellite in terms of the great game right she's not always she hasn't been on in westeros for a while and so coming back it really felt full circle and these rewards that we are finally being gifted for all of these uh characters finally having their paths cross again and after years of separation and death and horror uh, we're finally seeing these people find their way back to each other and 
I can't help but smile when I think about the Jon Snow Arya reunion, especially when he sees what and who she's become. Because I think that's going to be interesting. Go one of two ways. He could embrace it. He could, you know, think she's a fucking badass like the rest of the world does and like we do because she is awesome. Or he could be terrified that his little sister has a body count that rivals his. I'm really interested to see that. And Sansa and Arya, like what is that conversation going to look like, you know? I'm so excited for that. I feel like I, I'm i kind of hoping for a little tension between Sansa and Arya because of what they have become. Yes. But I don't know. And also, when's Jon going to meet up with Arya? Because he's going to Dragonstone. And you now, knew that that had to happen. You knew yeah. that that had to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, is Arya going to show up at Winterfell and be like, Where's everybody? Oh, yeah. like, what's up? <laughs> I, I, I think she'll get there, but John won't be there. I think John's going to be doing what he has to do. And we're, we might get an emotional scene maybe in the last episode. So that's that's going to be my bold predict, uh, prediction yeah. that we're not going to get that. Because that's probably supposed to be very... For, for book readers and for, you know, season one lovers, that uh, that would be the strongest reunion, um, you, you know, to have. Yeah. So, I mean, just look at... I mean, put it... Let's look at it this way. When John and Sansa reunited, everyone was like crying and just so genuinely happy. But they never even spoke to each other in the first episode, let alone the entire series. <laughs> yeah. So if that they was weren't besties. Yeah, if that was emotional, I cannot wait to see Arya and John. So <laughs> what I loved know, is that uh, just oh, talking go. about YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, go ahead, Clay. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, you guys, I forgot my point. <laughs> Instantly, I was literally leaned in to say it and complete uh, mind blank. So uh, somebody else had a point, I think. If not, though, I mean, we were talking, we're talking about John right now. And you know who else was talking about John? Melisandre. Well, he was talking about John. So this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into some Danny stuff, and then I'm gonna go to Winterfell, and then I'm gonna go back to Dragonstone, and then we're gonna get into the fleet. So um, at Dragonstone, um, Melisandre arrives, and she tells she talks to Danny about the you know the prince that was promised or the princess that was promised, and she, and she mentions Jon Snow, and uh, she tells Danny, you know, summon Jon Snow, listen to what he has to say, and what he's experienced, because, you know, the long night is coming, you know, all that stuff that we already know, but it's kind of surreal to see that happening, and that for Danny to say Jon Snow's name is just, it's yes. insane, it's fantastic, and I love that Tyrion is there, he's like, you know, I don't know prophecies, I don't know nothing, but I do like Jon Snow, um, and I think you should, I think you should call on him. And yeah. it's just, yeah, he's a freaking awesome. I mean, guys, how hyped were you in that scene? I mean, it was very brief, but it was happening. Yes, packed to the brim. So many characters, uh, so many of these disparate threads finally came together. And it was just a fascinating and rewarding scene to watch. Uh, because like I said earlier, you know, if you had seen the still from that, you know, in season four, you would be like, what the hell? Like, 
how does this happen? How did we get uh, here? <laughs> exactly. Like what? It would it would seem like they oh that must be they're at the craft service table, you know, or there it wouldn't you wouldn't your mind wouldn't jump to that. Uh, but it it's so rewarding. I've never experienced TV like this, a television show like this, where I felt this level of payoff. They're very very few, uh, and I was raised by TV, so let's say it a lot. TV was like my other parent, um, but. It these scenes um, like Elena's uh, "You're a dragon, be a dragon" quote. I just I don't know why I just I love that. I love that, and it's such a good uh, just life mantra for everybody <laughs> to live by. So these it, it, it's just powerful. And you are exactly right, Brittany. Hearing Daenerys even ask, you know, who's that, or to say the name, you know, bring me Jon Snow like or call Jon. Yeah. yeah it's like he's definitely your nephew so don't you know i just they gonna bump ugly <laughs> can i ask you guys a question um are daenerys's parents brother and sister no her no. her okay. sister her her mother is her aunt her mother is wait, no wait, wait no 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 no, no, no. To... so they are yeah. yes yeah her, her, what the hell daenerys's mom was the sister of Daenerys' dad. Yeah, so they are. Okay, so they they're related. Yeah, yeah, okay, I got that wrong. Okay. All that white is from inbreeding. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she that hot. is disconcerting, but I mean, we should just push past it. I mean, it, it, it doesn't change anything, but I just bizarre and it makes the idea of, so for those of you who are shipping Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys Maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe they won't find out. Maybe uh, they will bump buggies. I doubt. I think they're going to find out after. I think, uh, oh, I don't yeah. think Bran's going to get there on time to tell them, hey, uh, that's your aunt. <laughs> you know, like, I think, uh, I think something else. But I think when you're watching this show, you can't really have, uh, you know, 27 or 2017 mentality in there. I think, yeah. uh, you can have it sometimes, like we were talking about power to the women, you know, being in there talking about battles and armies and they're all head of their own armies, but the incest thing and all that, so I think feel like sometimes we gotta just let it like let it go a little bit. And I feel like the, the <laughs> and I feel like it's the exception is them because they didn't grow up together, they don't they're not even close to like even Sansa and John, you know, who grew up together. But they're not you know relate they're actually cousins i right. mean so i mean it's just whatever i guess to me and i guess nephew and and aunt isn't as bad i mean i don't know like we'll, we'll see maybe we're all thinking that they're gonna bang and then they, they actually might not so i mean yeah I, I it's up in the air it's also kit and amelia because they're so pretty you just want yes. them together like you just I mean, want them to just mash their faces together on the screen next to a candle children yeah and also mm -hmm. i mean John, it was all about you grit, you know, so I'm wondering, like, is he ready to move on yet? I mean, that's just, it's it's a romantic subplot, and, you know, it has really no place in Game of Thrones, but it's kind of something we all hope for him, because he was yeah. broken by that relationship, and that is a part of him, so I, I really want to see what's going to happen with that. Um, and it's also fun to share our, like, weird, like, pipe dreams about characters we want to meet <laughs> and love each other. Yeah, it's just we need a little bit of light in the Game of Thrones, even though we're winning a little bit right now with our heroes and what they're doing and what they're getting. Um, 
sometimes I do miss a little bit of couples. That's why I enjoy Tor- Tormund's like glances at Brienne because I just kind of I kind of like that, you know. Like I, I I would like a little bit of that, but then I get scared because I'm like, well, they're gonna kill somebody in the battle, like half of my yeah, ships, you know. I feel like the way they've handled Tormund and Brienne so far is perfect because it's not like jamming a, a romance subplot down our throats and devoting precious little time in these, you know, seven episodes for this season I see what and you're six doing for there. next. I see yeah. What you're doing. <laughs> I see what you're doing. So, there. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not going to get into that yet, though, because I know that is part of Dragonstone. Um, Mm -hmm. The other part of Dragonstone that I wanted to get into really quickly, because I know I'm going to be bouncing all over the place here, um, is just the scene that we get at the beginning of the episode with Danny talking to Varys, because um, Varys has been vouching for the Targaryens since, like, season one. And I believe... He helped smuggle her and uh, Viserys out uh, when uh, the kingdom was falling and Robert was ordering the death of all Targaryens and he helped. I don't know if he was there and he did it or he helped, you know, uh, get them out. But either way, he's been there. He's been team Targaryen. And Danny questions him, you know, the last time... You, you know, you served under my father, you served under Robert, and you conspired against both of them. Um, you did their dirty deeds, but you also betrayed them. Like, how do I know you're not going to do that to me? And I feel like that the questions that Danny was asking were completely valid, even though I am Team Varys. I like him a lot. I prefer him over Littlefinger. Um, and I really love Varys' uh, answer. I think what he said was, you know, he's a he's a people person. He's... Um, I can't think of the exact word or what he said with that, uh, but it was really powerful in that he vouches for the people that he's lived on the streets. He wasn't born into royalty or noble houses, um, but he knows the hardships of the people and he wants the best ruler for them. And he believes that Danny could give him, uh, can give that type of kingdom. And um, I love that Danny says, you know what, just tell me if something's, if I'm doing something wrong, Tell me, or I'll burn you. I was like, "Oh God, Danny, you didn't have to do that," but I got it. I mean, it it was it was working so well. Everything was until she said, "Like, or I'll burn the shit out of you." I'm like, "That Targaryen side just popped out a little bit," which is which which I'm okay with. I still felt like, "Oh God, Lord," but I love that uh, Varys was like, "You know what? That that is who you are. I get it. You know, you're telling, you're warning me right now." You're telling me, you know, here, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Or if you betray me, I'm going to kill you. I mean, she says burn you alive because she has the dragons. Everyone else would be like, well, I would have your head on a spike. You know, it's the same, the same sentiment. It's just more powerful coming from her. Did you guys like that scene? Did you agree with Varys? Did you not like it? I agreed with both of them. Like, uh, like Varys, Varys had to do his job. Varys had to survive and Varys. It was thinking about the people, not necessarily who was, like, on the throne. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Daenerys has to survive, too. And how is she going to survive and plan for the future with someone who's a backstabber always at her hand? Like, how she, how does she know that he's not going to do the same to her? He's done it right. twice already. So, like, both of them were right. And I'm glad that she didn't do something stupid and kill him. Because, like, she needs every single ally that she can get. She like, needs the people yes. in that room when she was talking. All those people are are 
going to help her. So Do you know what's crazy? I feel like the character of Varys is really he is duplicitive. He is deceptive. Uh he can wear a mask, he can do these things, and he can go he's I think the one character who has truly realized the magnitude of the threat that is Littlefinger. Um and if anybody figured out about, you know, the whole reason that John Aaron died or pieced that together, I would say it'd probably be Varys. Um but it is really interesting because he is all these things and he can, he has a silver tongue, but he's also to me, in my opinion, one of the most sincere characters on Game of Thrones. And the same uh, sincerity and empathy and compassion that I see in him and how he is worried about the little guy and et cetera is the same reason why I'm still in denial about Marjorie's death is because I just, uh, in Aww. this um, world, you uh, you never saw that. We I don't even think as an audience spent any time with the denizens, uh, especially the poorer part of King's Landing until the introduction of Marjorie and, you know, her ascendant to the uh to the queen region and all that other stuff but it's rare that you see that where you see people who are not out for their own agenda who aren't uh making machinations for the sake of making machination all a little finger even though he does have a, a a bigger game you can't help but think he just gets bored sometimes and it's like well whose life am i gonna fuck with today um you don't see a lot of really sincere characters. And also, I think Danny is, is one of them. I do think, uh, and there is people I know really disagree with this, and uh, it's like a sensitive subject for some people. But I agree. Uh, that Targaryen side, the conqueror in her, not the ruler, uh, not the leader, not the person that you know uh, we want to look to in charge, but the conqueror, the destroyer, has reared its ugly head. Uh, more and more consistently as we go on. And I don't, I know uh, we're going to try to pretend that her parents aren't uh, brother and sister, at least I am moving forward after this episode. Um, people who are born as a result of incest are really, really uh, vulnerable to a number of different unique physical and mental and developmental challenges. And I'm not saying that, you know, Danny is exhibiting or all that, but it would be crazy not to, to consider it, especially given the decline of her father's mental state, especially right up until the end. It's troublesome, you know? Yeah, and um, also to um, add to that is well, Jamie and Cersei, they all—they had three children, who, whom of which uh, one was evil and crazy and cruel and terrible. Oh. And I mean, I know we um, we only see Joffrey from when he's, you know, 15 or 16 here in, in the show. But I know in the books, they explain a little bit more of how he's like literally living in the terrible twos, but like to the next level for like all of his childhood. So Ugh. Joffrey is just the worst. But then look at Tommen and Marcella, who are very sweet and caring. And we even get that scene where Sansa's still, you know, being held captive at King's Landing. And they're all having dinner. And Tommen says, you know, I hope Joffrey doesn't kill his, her brother. I wouldn't like that. You know, so yeah. it's there. But I think for Danny, they're purposely giving us these scenes to make us question whether or not she's headed down the road of the Mad Queen. And I, for one, enjoy it. I really yeah. like it. It's that thing where it's like nice and good are different concepts. They are not synonymous. They do not mean the same thing. And I think that uh, characters like Daenerys and characters like Varys are good, uh, but they're not necessarily nice. And as we've seen in this show and as we touched on in this podcast in the, left, or the last episode, 
uh, nice people don't last long in the Game of Thrones. This isn't uh, a, a place where being the bigger person and your genuine altruism is necessarily going to be rewarded. Yes, it works out for some people, but the people who are still alive uh, and on the show today, a lot of them have had to make small little compromises uh, and do things that they never thought they would ever be capable of just to stay alive. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see. Hey, John died for doing the right thing or the thing he yes. thought he was right. He just has some plot armor, so he got resurrected. But that's, like, <laughs> the first, like, thing we can... And, and even Sansa said it last episode, you know, Ned and Rob made some stupid mistakes, even though they were good. They were good. They they were noble. They were... They had honor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could spell trouble for that. Um, Aura, did you like the Varys speech? Did you... Are you Team Varys and Team Danny working together? Or did you not like that scene? Oh, yeah. I love Varys. I... Like, ever since season one, I've always preferred Varys over Littlefinger. Like, mm-hmm. you guys do not understand how much I hate Littlefinger. I hate him. <laughs> Girl, we're going we're gonna to get into that in a little bit. I swear. We're going to get into that. Like, We'll get his ass. It's, yeah. a thing, it's a thing that I just, I don't understand. Like, if I saw this actor in real life, I would be like, I would slap stop. him. He's <laughs> like... Uh- so gross and i <laughs> love anyways there is yeah like he <laughs> i've loved him like ever since season one he's just such a like a math he has he's such a genius and he's come from nothing and i love that um danny was like you know she she was being she was being good and Strict, like both at the same time like I know you like it's kind of it's kind of like it reminded me a little bit of that the decision that John made in episode one um with the cuff with the cuff starts and the that other house I don't remember their name but the umbers yeah the umbers um the two of them and that you know I know you did this in the past but or your family did this in the past, but I know that if you do this, you can stay. But if you don't, I'm going to burn you alive. So I thought that was great. I thought she was... I, I feel like they keep teasing us with this, like, Mad Queen thing, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we have a space in this plot for that to happen, to be honest with you. Mm. That's a good perspective. Um, this show has shown us time and time again that we uh, are going to get our faces kicked when we look at this show through the lens of traditional storytelling. Like, I have never uh, and probably will never see anything like The Red Wedding in terms of storytelling, in terms of... And there's so many different moments I can look to in the Game of Thrones series and point to them and say that. And it's like, that's what I love about this show, um, is that I go into it. And I think that, especially, you know, peak TV, this is a really... They call this the golden age of television. There's so many awesome TV shows out there. The bar is pretty high, and they, they bring it. They bring it every fucking week, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this show is uh, pretty much the highest that we're ever, we're ever going to go for now. I mean, I don't know what's, what's to come. And we're going to get some spinoffs and sequels. And I don't think they'll ever 
be the glory that is Game of Thrones, but I'll be tuning yeah. in. I, lo- I love period pieces. I love this type of genre, so I'll be there. Um, um, but let's go to Winterfell, um, because we just talked about how Danny sent a letter to Jon Snow, and we get we, that's where we start off right away. Danny's letter arrives, and Jon and Sansa are reading it, and they're talking about Tyrion. And I love it. I love this scene because Jon is asking Sansa, you know, what do you think? You know, you know Tyrion the most, and I love that uh, Sansa is still Sansa. I mean, people were saying, you know, she has a lot of Cersei in her, and blah blah, but. Sansa here could have lied and said, you know, no, well, I mean, he was kind of nice, but not really. You know, no, she said, Tyrion is different, and he was always kind to me. But she also said, you need to be careful, because this just doesn't sound, this is just too good to be true. You know, that they're they're asking you to come. It could be a trap. And I'm really, I, I don't know what the point of what the writers are trying to do here, because this is the second episode where we get Jon and Sansa talking or arguing in front of the council. And uh, while I enjoy it, you know, just, just to sit down and enjoy it as a fan, I'm like, man, this is this is so much inexperience for the two of them. Like, they need to keep talking and decide on what's going to happen and then announce it to everybody. But I also kind of like that Sansa speaks up on it because this is, I don't remember the name of what this is, but... The audience knows more than Sansa and Jon. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of people I saw in reaction videos and stuff were like, Sansa, shut up. What are you saying? I'm like, she's right, though. They don't yeah. know Danny. They Even if Tyrion is there, you don't know what this is. And if Jon's going in, I mean, what what did Rob do? He went to a wedding where it's supposed to be sacred and, you know, they oh, invite yeah. you to their home and everything. But right. they got massacred. Who's to say that they, this could be a trap for John as well? And she says, yeah. you know, if you want to, if you want to accept the invitation, send someone else. Don't send yourself. John makes a good point. It should be a king to talk to her. But still, yeah. it's it's very scary. They don't know what we know. So, and then everyone else too. Even Liana was saying, you know, you need to stay here. You need to do this. Um, but John announces, you know, I am going. He set his foot down. And uh, he he says Sansa is in charge of Winterfell while he's gone, um, which was a not, sweet moment. Like yeah, like you can she tell looked, she looked she was genuinely shocked. As much as, as people are like, oh, baby Cersei, like baby Cersei would have been like, well, hand me the keys to to the kingdom here. Like no, she would have been ready for it. But Sansa honestly didn't she know. Didn't yeah, she didn't know that he that yeah. that she could be trusted. And that that was a beautiful moment for me. I, I love it. I actually have a little theory about this, about why the writers have kind of, right in the beginning of this uh, season, uh, set these scenes up between John and Sansa, where they very publicly are showing their different ideas and philosophies. I'm wondering if it's going to almost in a weird way echo what happened when Tyrion and Danny worked together. And Danny left and, you know, went and got the Dothraki, and uh, Tyrion was supposed to man the, the, the castle in a weekend and Bernie's situation basically happened, and she came back and everything was fucking terrible and on fire. And while I don't think that this is necessarily going to be the same case with Sansa, what I do think we are going to get from Sansa is a very different leadership style than we've seen with Jon Snow. And I think that those two scenes in those first two episodes, uh, the first one and this one, uh, were, were to illustrate that 
Yes, uh, these are two characters with compassion, but they are very different in both their experiences and their character. They're two really different people who approach leadership from different vantage points. And I'm a little concerned, to be honest, um, about what this next chapter of Winterfell looks like under Sansa. Not because I think that she's incompetent, but because I think that she is... I'm just worried that with Littlefinger there, that that is going to be the catalyst. That's going to be the straw that breaks the cattle or uh, the camel's back or whatever back gets broken by straw. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, Yeah. because I I, I totally agree with you. And but I do also feel like that scene last uh, last week where Sansa totally shuts him down is showing Mm -hmm. that uh, I don't think she's going to take any shit from Littlefinger. If anything, I think she might even play him. I think that with John gone, she can definitely play like the long game and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna listen to whatever you say and I'm gonna follow your rules." But she really isn't. Like that's my thing. I think Sansa's learned a, a great deal. Um, I'm not saying she's a mastermind player, but I am saying. But what I am saying is that I think that while Ella, uh, Ella, I, I like to say Ella because I always read that when I'm reading in the the Reddit threads. Um, although Littlefinger's been like a master schemer and he started basically everything. Um, he has a weakness, and it is Sansa because of Catelyn. So, and I feel like that's actually, oh, I'm okay with that. I see a lot of people saying that that's dumb, and I'm like, but that's the difference between Varys and Littlefinger. Littlefinger has a lot of desires, while, you know, Varys has more of a, a neutral thing where he, he wants the good for the people, and Littlefinger is very selfish. So I'm not surprised that something that he wants will be his downfall. But that's just, like, my theory and my... Um, you know where I was to say suggestion, but no, that's that's basically my theory. So, with Littlefinger being there, we also get a very small scene, um, where John is in, he visits the crypts. I thought that this scene was gonna be a little bit more crazy. I thought like he's gonna look at Liana's uh, uh, Liana's grave side and just be like, why do I feel a connection here or something spiritual? But no, he's just visiting Ned. And it's a quiet moment, but fucking Littlefinger comes in like a little bitch and being and being like, well, I saved you. And, you know, you don't have to worry about me, my king. I love Sansa. Just like I love Catelyn. And we get that great scene where John threatens him and is choking the life out of him. And I was like, kill him! Kill him, John! Kill him! But he didn't do it. And he walks away and we get the, the, the small goodbye from Sansa and John. So, guys, everything. What did, how, what did you like about the Sansa and Janine? In that great hall, and everyone also backing up Sansa and him not going, John deciding to go, and the little finger and John scene at the end. Um, it was really uh, interesting. <clears throat> I too was screaming at the TV. I was like, "Burn him with fire!" End his life because I fucking hate Littlefinger. Littlefinger. He's so like, I love hot pie more. And I think that his selfishness is ultimately his undoing because he is one track minded, but it's like at the expense of everything else. And I think a really good testament to that point I just made is Varys, who is someone who doesn't have that. And we see a fundamental difference between how they deal with things. Uh, There's a chaos to Littlefinger uh, that does not exist with Varys. And there's this patience and this competence uh, that happens with Varys. But regarding the scene with... uh, um, John and Littlefinger in the crypt. I thought it was really. Uh, I think it's going to lend itself to future storylines. I think that Littlefinger 
definitely is the asshole who has like a little black book of people who have ever, you know, he has a long memory and he is a very patient man. It was, we've seen time and time again. And to think that there isn't going to be some little finger tomfoolery or he's not going to pull something some point between now and the end of this series is like unrealistic. So we know it's coming. I feel like it might be Sansa involved, um, but I just, the Starks just got together and I would hate, oh my God, it would just tear me apart if they finally are all like back together but are just swallowing or just, I don't know. I on, just, that's the thing I'm worried about. On the one hand, he's got, ex- he's got everything exactly where he needs it to be. Like um, he, he has the peace that he wants reigning. So it, when he takes her, he can have everything of the north as his and he has one person that he just proved now is gonna fuck him over if he tries to move so he all he needs to do is get rid of john to be able to take sansa so uh, that 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 that's awesome to me that like he moved the board out of the way enough to be able to figure this out and it scares me because we've seen this very same scene mirrored when Littlefinger tried to, like, talk uh, to Catelyn and, like, Ned, like, shoved him the hell out of the way and was like, excuse yeah. me, no. Like, and that, it, it's not a good thing to fuck with Littlefinger, but, oh, God, like, everybody as a viewer is like, fuck with him, screw him over, yes. I need him, go away. He's the so. absolute fucking worst. Oh, he's just a, a worm. Um <laughs> It's. I think that you're exactly right, Priscilla. What we saw in that scene in that crypt was effectively Jon Snow painting a giant neon red target on his back. Um, whether that comes to, uh, whether he reaps that now or in the next season, Littlefinger doesn't forget these transgressions like this. He is an eco-based character. He is just really, um, maybe even the most uh, power, just strictly power-driven, power for the sake of power. It rivals Cersei, I would say. Uh, but he's more dangerous because... He knows people. He is connected. He has all of these resources that are available. But I think that he has a long memory. And I think that what Jon Snow did in this episode, in that crypt, uh, may come back to bite him in the future. I'm just waiting for Arya to, like, show up and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, to be fair, I, I can get on board with that. And I could see that happening because... The Stark kids right now, they don't know that Littlefinger basically was the reason Ned died. I know people are blaming Sansa for that too, apparently, but he betrayed Ned in that in the um, in the throne room and got him arrested. So people none blame, of them people know are that. blaming Sansa for everything. What's yeah, with they, all the Sansa blame, you guys? Come on. They're, everybody's just like whatever it's just because apparently Ar- Arya is like can do no wrong but Sansa can do everything wrong and I'm like their journeys are so different you can't even compare them it's just it's like it's- all of the things that Arya's are pissed about have happened to Sansa like the death of Ned and so many people who are she fundamentally it, this, you know yeah she was literally on stage like Sansa but I would argue that Sansa or Sansa has been through worse the sexual mm-hmm. abuse that she went through with uh, Ramsey and uh, the torture, the sheer torture and public humiliation of having to be married to, to Joffrey, someone 
who, you know, was just in open war against her brother and just to have to swallow that for all that time. I just, I don't know. I just, I have a soft spot about this. I'm just like, get yeah. off her nuts about this. She has been through so much. This is a character. Um, and she's still of- here. So Yeah. And I was, I recently, like, Game of Thrones, I'm sure you guys have done this. You have to, like, indoctrinate people into it. You have to, like, bring them in. So it's like, drink the Kool-Aid. Come with me. Uh, and there's a coworker I'm doing this with. And I was thinking about early scenes uh, in general and how women are treated, uh, particularly in the beginning of the series. And I actually had a conversation uh, with her about it. So it makes, and maybe that might have colored my perspective about why I felt like this this new episode was just like, oh, it just gave me all of the the feminine driven like yeah. uh power characters and it, it was it was just good yeah. yeah and with john going to dragonstone and meeting Tyrion, Tyrion and Varys both know that little finger betrayed ned i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of slipped that in when he goes to see danny and that's and that's going to give more reason for john to probably execute him and it'll be that'll be okay with the veil because that guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy with the long beard. He talked in the Which episode one? when the one, the Lord of the Veil, or not the Lord of the Veil, but he's from the Veil. The one, oh, not Aaron. Um, oh, the, the 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 one with the with the armor, right? Yeah, he was there. He spoke in in the episode for the Veil. Um, but he's the only one we always see aside from uh, Sweet Robin. Uh, oh, he, oh, like the guy who's perpetually disappointed in Robin. Yeah, John Royce. Yeah, okay. John Royce. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't know about that either, so I wouldn't be surprised if John comes in, comes back, and is like, "Well, he did this to, to Ned, because he knows Ned. He raised Ned too, because Ned and and Robert were uh, grew up in the Vale, so he knows them. So if he finds out that Littlefinger betrayed Ned, he's he's done for. He's yeah. com- he's just donezo. So <laughs> I know Game. Of- I'm just oh, I'm so excited. I want these things to happen. I'm hoping. They happen because Littlefinger, I'm done with you. You're so. Gross oh my god! Let's commit creepy. to this right now, you guys. If Littlefinger dies, let's say when I'm gonna I'm gonna use the secret here for this. I'm gonna put this into the his death into the universe. We're gonna celebrate on this podcast in some fashion, even if it is a five second dance party. But we've got to commemorate that because he is one of the characters that I forgot how much I hated until I saw him. And I was like, oh, you. He was interesting, you but. But we hate him. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a great actor. And mm-hmm. same thing for Joffrey. Same thing for all of the characters that I just want to punch in the face. But like I said, <laughs> it's like if I saw some of these actors, it'd be like, uh, you know for a fact that like the dude who plays Joffrey has gotten dirty looks from across restaurants before because he was just such a little bitch on that show. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that he's like the sweetest guy, but it just yeah. maybe it's fit to the <laughs> acting that we're like it is. so involved in it that it's like you just oh but okay. Uh Littlefinger, if he bites it, we're gonna we're gonna party in some fashion. We'll figure it out. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I, I'm down <laughs> for that. Um, one thing one thing I, I wanted to like mention is like how does like how does because ra- you guys were talking about um, how the Ravens, it's pretty much like WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> how they like get to one one place to another really quick. Like, why hasn't um, Ed, the um, Lord Commander, send a Raven to John? Be like, hey, your little brother's here. You know, Fair just point. Like, I think what- we found a plot hole. 
why is that not a thing? <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh wow, this is kind of annoying. What if like, Brandon? What if Brandon? Oh God, that is that's really smart. Like I hadn't thought that is such a an obvious choice that I I literally didn't consider until five seconds ago when you said it. What it if Brandon is saying not to? I don't. Well, I, why don't they show us? Like why would he though? I just I just that's I true. just thought. Of and I think it's just like a way of the writers to be like, okay, we're just gonna postpone this like revelation uh, to Jon Snow that about his parentage to like just drag on. We're just gonna let it never happen. I think I, it's just to to have the emotional impact of when he's so, like big surprise get there and it's an emotional reunion. I think that's all it is. Like in my opinion, um, just because they had they didn't show him at all this episode. And we're going to have to assume either he's resting at Castle Black because a lot of stuff happened to him. Uh, running from all the creepy ass zombie walker people and mm. un- undead Benjen and all that stuff. And Hodor's fate and all the stuff that he knows is kind of overwhelming. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's just chilling at Castle Black and then he's just going to go to uh, um, to Winterfell. Because I feel like uh, he's they're kind of in an okay place, especially with the Starks. Back in Winterfell, I don't think they have anything to worry about traveling in the north. So, um, but yeah, sure. Why don't they just send a note? Be like, hey, I'll be there in like five days. Yeah. Right. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. I have a question. Can you guys remind me? And then maybe, uh, I don't know if this is something that's like commonly known. I'm just complete spacing. But it seems like the Night King's magic is going to be increasingly moving forward. In fact, I think last week, uh, it might have been you, Priscilla, who said something about um, Bran being touched and it breaching the wall and that being like the the downfall of it what is the situation with benjen so he obviously is not completely human or not completely white walker can you remind me what the circumstances surrounding that are he was about to die and the green like the 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 little children that were there used their magic to keep him alive Um, but not as a walker weird yeah, and I think the magic of the wall keeps Benjamin from getting com- coming back, right? Or he can't pass it. So right. he can't pass yeah. the wall. So, yeah. but now that we're, you know, that that theory that because he touched Bran and Bran's now on the other side of the wall, it's easier for them to take it down. Not that all of a sudden the wall's gonna fall because he already went in there and he's, you know, at Castle Black. But that now that when the army gets there, they can knock it down like nothing. So. Oh, you guys, I heard a really uh, interesting theory that I feel like is relevant to this. It was on BuzzFeed, so you know it's <laughs> legitimate. Uh, but they spoke about, on the side of the wall, remember last episode we touched on this, we were talking about uh, the uh, image in the fire that the Hound saw. He saw this image in the fire of the place where the wall met the sea and etc. Well, they were talking about um, that part of the water, that channel between the wall and, you know, how far our out it is uh, because winter is here now that freezing over and the white walkers coming around it now i hope that's not the direction that they take because it kind of i feel like it's such a throwaway plot for such a huge part of the game of thrones uh you know mythology but i looked at it and they took uh comparison screenshots they had one of the theme song because you know the theme song evolves with the plot and with the the seasons as they progress they had one of a previous season it may have even been season six and this one and there was a difference it does appear that at that part that the hound saw where the, the wall meets the sea that water does seem to be freezing over 
So I wonder if it's that's freezing. an I noticed that too, and I was like, nah, that's just me. That's just like the reflection of water on the sun. I don't know. Like, uh, but you're right. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just kidding myself. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not I think sure we're just hoping that it doesn't go in that direction. I just hope it's literally not this ancient, enchanted wall that has been a huge part of the structure of this world in this story. And they just fucking just, like, go over it. They just hop it like it's a fence or just, like, walk to the side. That would be kind of a bummer. I do hope it comes into play. That would be interesting. But I'm just like, oh, that'd be lame. I honestly would rather it be Bran. And I feel like that's the direction that they are going to go in with Bran just fucking it up. Again, um, again! Oh my God, I was I was gonna tiptoe around that. I'm glad you said that because I was like, I still blame him for Hodor. I blame uh, him for everything, but I don't hate him. Uh, you know? Yeah, I don't like, hate him either. But I'm just like, but he's interesting. You, it's really like Bran in terms of uh, he has something that no other character has, right? And I mean that epic reveal in the finale which confirms so many people's uh theories about Jon Snow's lineage I mean more moments like that are apt to come we are gonna see more revelations past present and future from Bran so it's hard to hate him like super bad but man that Hodor death fucked me up and I, I still gosh this show is just like ruining me I'm just like still mourning Marjorie and Hodor and just but keeps watching uh, anyway oh the story I of our know lives. I'm because they know they have me. I'm a masochist for this now. I'm just like, oh, every week. Sure. <laughs> I can totally agree with that. Um, okay, so there's two more things to really talk about. I mean, I know we touched on this just a little bit, and we were talking about, you know, power to the women and everything, but these two things are connected anyway. So back at Dragonstone, um, we get Danny and all her women her advisors, her fleet, talking about what to do next and what is their plan pretty much to get King's Landing to, to conquer Westeros. And I kind of love that with having Tyrion there, not that it keeps her in check, but he kind mm. of is able to, to, tell, to tell her, you know, like, do you want to be Queen of the Ashes or do you want to be the ruler that, you know, that I know you can be, that you want to be, you know, you want to be fair and just and not have any saves, you know, you want to be this ideal ruler but the way to do that is to not kill innocents it's to have this war in the with the least possible collateral damage and that exactly and that means not using your dragons and we have yara and olena and Alaria who just want to go in their guns blazing or should i say dragons blazing and uh you know just kill everybody take it over or whatever and Danny says no. She puts her foot down and she says, "No, I don't want it this way. I don't want to be queen of the ashes." You know, I I love that. And he gives her the little look. Oh, I, was I love about it. I love it too. And then Such I a love cute moment. And I love Olena too when she's like, "Well, that sounds nice," but <laughs> I thought that uh, was hilarious. But it was so true. But I, just I loved, loved Olena in that scene. And I love yeah. the the scene between her and Danny. Uh, I'm just about the the Tyrells in any way, shape, or form. Anything I can get about that. What I really found interesting about that scene is what uh, she said about Marjorie. And it's like, I didn't have to shoehorn Marjorie in this week. (laughs) I was able to organically bring her up. Thank you, Elena. Um, But she talked about uh, how essentially Marjorie was nice. And she was beloved by the nobles and by the people and by viewers and by 
like clay alike everybody fucking love marjorie <laughs> but in the end i'm it, what, what did she know what did that it, it did none of that matters now and it's grim and it's sad and it's macabre but it's true and that uh moment of pragmatism from her definitely felt like someone who was grieving someone who uh i think she's handling it leaps and leagues better than cersei is her response to that is well i'm gonna fucking just kill a bunch of people that sounds like a great idea let me murder just everybody indiscriminately um and it, it, it was, there was some weight to that scene and i really truly loved that quote that you're a dragon be a dragon like i i that just resonated uh with me because i think we all have moments where we need to uh kind of talk ourselves up and remind ourselves to like kind of tap in or channel our own awesomeness or you know etc and that is just uh i i just loved it uh it takes over uh that's what i do i drink and i know things that was before my previous favorite quote and it's now mm-hmm. you're a dragon be a dragon yeah i agree um and with that though elena is, is you know everyone's kind of like well, what is your plan? You know, why do you have our armies? Why are you doing this? And I love that Tyrion is able to back up the reason why they're not using the dragons to kill innocents. He tells them his amazing plan, which I thought was fantastic, which is we're going to use your armies to siege, and then we're going to use our army to get Casterly Rock. I was like, that is fan-fucking-tastic. That's great. Oh, that was epic. And, And what is he telling me? And then... Danny's like, so are you guys with me? And they're like, we're with you. And that's the end of that. They send the, um, they send Yara and Ilaria to go and get the, get the Dorn army to go and siege King's Landing. Um, guys, did, what did you think of that plan? As well as the Olena and Danny talk because there's a little bit of controversy with that, with that one scene. Because I loved it. I mean, I. I I was craving a one-on-one Olena and Danny scene. Um, and I feel like it was very powerful. It was very beautiful. But I also feel like what we were talking about earlier with uh, Danny showing the hints of the Mad Queen in her or that fierceness yeah. that maybe Tyrion was basically telling her, don't use your dragons to kill like the innocents to get what you want. But here, Olena's kind of telling her, well, you got to be a little bit ruthless to get what you want. And she says, you know, I outlived a lot of clever men and blah, blah. But I feel like as much as that is true, I still feel like Olena's being still a bit more on the vengeance side uh, than she is being in a more, you know, practical side where yeah. I feel like Tyr- and, and she tells her, you know, be weary of Tyrion. You know, I knew his father and Tyrion's also made m- some mistakes. So, you know, watch yourself. I get that. I get that. I just don't want Danny to be too, too crazy. I know Danny can make some really great moves. She made that moves and got the, the Unsullied army. That move was fantastic. She killed that guy. She, she killed all know. the calls too. And yeah, that was and, Sans dragons. That yeah. was literally just that her was by herself. Oh, good. So I'm hoping that she takes that. Don't be uh, or to be a dragon. I hope she takes that and uses um, that type of justice, where like she burned all the cal- the calls, and um, she burned the masters and Christopher. I hope she uses that more so than to be um a little, you know, too ruthless to the people, but. What did you guys think of all of that? And I'll start with you, Aura. Wow. Okay. I I actually have conflicting feelings about that. Like, 
yes, like it's a good plan and all, but she has like Daenerys has the power to just to just go and know, take it. Yeah, to just take over. Like why would she like see like she did this and now she has no fleet, so what's gonna happen now? Like she's probably gonna have to use her um the Unsullied and the Dothraki to get King's Landing anyways because she now she has no fleet. So it just seemed like when um Yara told her, like, you know, we have the people, we have everything, like we can take King's Landing now. And I was like, heck yeah, you can. Like, I just. <laughs> I, love that. I love that you were just ready to go for that. You're like, yeah, man, let's do this. Like, yeah. Like, I know it's kind of too easy. She was. Daenerys was way too overpowered to, like. It would be so easy. You know? And yeah. I get it. But um, it was just. Like, I just thought it was the right thing. Like, it, like just go for it. <laughs> like, just do it. And then she's like, no, we're going to, like, split everybody up. It's like in those horror movies when they're like, oh, like, we're going like, <laughs> to, cover more, um, let's split up so we can, like, cover more space and whatever. And you're like, no, like, are you crazy? Just stick together. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt about it. Well, yeah. you know what? Maybe, maybe, because I, I, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but their plan looks good. It's the most, like, humanitarian most way to, yeah. to not... To have less casualties on both ends, even though she has, does have the bigger army, I also think that having this is going to kind of like change Danny's view on what to do next, and I, I think I'm okay with that. Um, especially since who they killed off, I really don't, you know, it didn't bother me. But I kind of like that they they cut they cut a little bit of Danny's resources uh, from that plan, and maybe that's gonna make her do something a little bit more drastic. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see what this does as far as like between Danny and Tyrion and what they're going to decide to do next. And if she's going to take Olena's advice, uh, to move in because they didn't, uh, I, I know we're not there yet, but they didn't lose, um, any of the Dorn soldiers. They just lost the fleet of Yara's because they were going, they were on their way to pick up the Dorn army. Right. So. That's a really good point to make. They had not, they weren't in transit with them yet. So that is still uh, another untapped uh, wow. resource for Daenerys. Do, do they really have the Dornish army when the leader oh. of the Dornish people is not theirs anymore? Girl, girl. Good point, good girl. point. That is a really good observation. Um, and, I mean, that country, the all five seconds of it, um... <laughs> I, I can't even like give it's an opinion. Bad. I was gonna speak on it, but I'm thinking like, what could I pull from? Like, what? <laughs> like, we don't. The, we don't the have great dialogue we saw in Yeah, yeah it just we it wasn't. It wasn't great. And I does anybody else kind of feel like the way that some of those characters died was almost like a, a meta apology for the fans for fucking up the Dorn storyline? Yes. yes, it was. <laughs> like, what's the best way to get rid of the most like draggy, like annoying characters? Let's they made them really annoying too before they died. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they they super did. annoying before. Mama, oh. mama, I was like, bitch, I want to slap you. Like, <laughs> I, was just, I was so done. That yeah, said, it was a, dude. That said, I know we're not there yet. I think some of the, the fighting was really well done. So, um, Ooh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I know we want to get into because the very last thing. Um, just 
wrapping up the Dragonstone stuff, guys, we, we had one more thing happen. And I know we may talk a little bit about this. We had Grey Worm and a Masande scene, and we, we got... Yeah, we they they did the thing. They did the wild <laughs> thing, as my mom says it, because she doesn't like to say the word. Ah, did, did you watch thing. that with your mom, Brittany? I yes, we watch it all here every Sunday. <laughs> me, my sister, her boyfriend, and my mom, and oh my uh, yeah, her reactions to like shots of the penis are funny. To be, to be <laughs> but this one, well, she has no reaction because there was nothing to be shot. Like the <laughs> oh, this one, yeah, but it was. The thing about this, I think, for me, my criticism is that it was a little too long because I wasn't really understanding what they were trying to show us aside from the confession yeah. and that they were going to do the thing. I was like, are we going to see, like, yeah. I mean, you know, not to get too graphic here, but are we going to see them just scissor or, like, what's going to happen here? Like, are we going to get a Ken doll in real life? Like, I wasn't, because I felt the Grey Worm yeah. confession was so beautiful. I thought it was yeah, heartwarming. His words were beautiful. Oh, Masande's oh, oh, reaction oh was beautiful her boobs were beautiful like i mean that that ass on gray worm that ass <laughs> i like, know it was such yeah. a sweet god i wish we could screenshot that right now yeah it's just it is my background the ass it is my background on my phone can't confirm I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um it was just a very sweet scene and we get there we finally get their kiss it's really epic you know he runs to her and he or not runs but you know he rushes to her he kisses her and you know, he's admiring her body, and she wants to see his. That was okay. I was okay mm. with the undressing and the getting to the bed. But then they were on the bed, and I'm like, "Are we really gonna watch this? Like, I don't, I, like, I don't know what's going on here." But I was also curious. But then when I found out what he was doing, and then they switch it, I was like, "Oh, I guess we didn't really need the bed scene. Just the looking at each other, and then the kiss. And I think they could have ended it there." But guys, how did you feel about the confession? Um, and this, the sexing, basically. The going down on her. I, I mean, hey, he, he doesn't totally. have the male parts, but he still has his mouth, so he can still get to work. And that uh, was uh, nice. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yeah. And just, we, we got a butt scene. We, like, for yeah. the girl, this was, this was, this was a sex scene for the and girl. For the this clays. was something that we wanted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just had so many questions throughout the whole thing. Like, it's like, at first, I are like, are we going to see this? Like, are we going to see, yes. like, whatever's left in there? I was <laughs> honestly waiting for it. The and pillar then, and the, the stones. Yeah, because, you know, she does bring that up during the... Uh, Daenerys does bring that up at some point. <laughs> and um, I was like, really, though? Like, is, is there nothing left? And then they, like go to the bed and i'm like wait does that mean there is something there so i was yes. just like so confused throughout the whole thing and then he like goes down on her i'm like okay but all my questions like they're not answered at all <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like you know i totally agree with um with you renee that like like wh why did we need that? See, like that just it made me so confused. I don't know. It was it just wasn't necessary. Like I know it's really? we needed it. We needed it because it's an HBO show, not a CW show. So they always like have yeah. to like they, just because they can, dude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay with the nakedness. It was just like, I guess they were just going to show us exactly what they were going to do, which I was curious about, too. It just took a quite a while to get there. Like he was on top of her and I was like, 
Or are you guys just gonna like rub? Like, I mean, rub a dub dub? Like, I mean, I don't know what's going on. And uh, I guess he decides to go down. I'm like, well, I guess that is the only way they can. Yeah. I'm kind of okay. I'm with in that. the minority on this, you guys. I I I was about this scene. The, I mean, the end of it was a little. Um, I'm glad I didn't watch it with any any family member. But I think the way the reaction that we all had to it, that confusion, was very intentional. I feel like that was a deliberate yeah. choice. We were going in, and we're all like, you know. And I think on a show like Game of Thrones, uh, there are sex scenes that have been way more gratuitous. Like Littlefinger's, like, fucking soliloquy when it's just like there's three of oh, his yeah, employees was- with air quotes, <laughs> etc. Like, that to me was like, this feels unnecessary. But, I mean, what I I can say in terms of their uh, more gratuitous scenes it does that scene gave us more sight into how uh perverse and just whatever Littlefinger is and this scene i felt like was so rewarding because even if they had simply cut and gone to the next storyline or done what they needed to do after just the kiss that would have been epic for me and his opening speech about how he wasn't the the biggest uh, or the strongest, but he was always the bravest. And now, you know, his love for her had uh, shown him what fear was. To see vulnerability uh, in somebody, I feel like is really endearing. But to see it in someone like the Unsullied um, and like Grey Worm, it was just it, it felt. I, I loved it. It did towards the end. I think, um, yeah, <laughs> the it. Uh, yeah, it, it. I think Priscilla nailed it. It's an HBO show, and I think that there <laughs> is like a quota. Like when you sign the deal, they're just like, all right, you have like a, some movies need, here. We need some exactly twenty six breasts yeah. exactly throughout the series. Because yeah. God knows they do it on the rest of their shows. Westworld has like boobies lore. They just they just don't yeah. care. Yeah. But yeah, I think it. Um, I was really touched. By that scene um i'm glad yeah like i said it, it did get a little graphic from my taste and the only issue that i take with that is that i felt like you know what i guess in discussing this i am agreeing with you guys now that i say it out loud it was fairly unnecessary that part could have been uh removed and it actually may have been a more emotionally uh resonating scene for us had they yeah well, yeah, I don't think I don't think the whole thing, like the whole scene, was unnecessary. Like, right, right. It was just that, that last part, the very, yeah. last, yes. very, very, very yes. end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Hell, like, I, thought, I thought the whole thing. You changed my mind. <laughs> Hell, they could have gone to the bed and just like made out there and just like had their bodies entwined, like in a very like if, like intimate way, because I mean that, that still happens with people that do have all their stuff. Like it doesn't. It it could have been like that, but. They did what they did. I, I think we can all agree, though, that the scene was very pretty. It was sweet. It was a long time coming. I'm one of the people that uh, I do ship them. I think they're... I'm not a diehard shipper, but I do enjoy them. And I feel like sometimes that when we get these scenes, that it spells trouble for the two of them. And I hate, yeah. that, this, I hate that that show has done that to me. And to be fair, a, a lot of other shows do that to me, too. I feel like too much happiness is a bad thing for them. Um, it is. I mean, I'm glad- saying goodbye, though. Yeah, it's true. That's why. That's why. And we yes, honestly, most that's of their a really scenes, good point, Anna. most of their scenes, uh, their touching scenes are when he's about to go into battle or to do something in regards to the army and protecting Daenerys and fighting. Uh, they get these really great scenes, and I'm kind, I'm okay with that. I ship them. I think they're adorable, and I'm glad they have this. And now they're pretty much fully 
together and I'm okay with that and um, I'm glad that we got it this early too which means for later on we don't really need to see that anymore like they we know that they're together they're in love yeah and it's a strong connection and we like it so moving I, on guys yeah like, i just want to point out oh, how like good uh gray Warren's english has gotten like he just delivered this whole speech and before i he know like, uh miss sunday you pretty and thank you <laughs> Like, that was hands crazy. down the best like, Grey Worm impersonation I've ever heard. That oh my god. Like, <laughs> Aura says the audio. Uh, <laughs> she recorded the audio. <laughs> because uh, the actor is actually, I think, British. So it's pretty interesting. Is he? Re- what yeah. is his name? What? Uh, he, this is, Jacob I, I, Anderson. Jacob, Jacob Anderson. Anderson. A, I love that you knew that. B, I'm going to Google that when we're done recording this. I'm a little fangirl, dude. I'm watching, like, the interviews and Comic-Con oh. panels and stuff, so I know. Um, I love it, because then I get to, we get to do this, and I get to hear all about it. It's like, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just pretty cool to see that, and Littlefinger, too, his his accent's like, what's going on here? Um, but, yeah, so last thing to talk about guys which is the big ending um i kind of love that we're getting these episodes that are becoming you know not 42 minutes or even 50 minutes they're like 59 minutes we get an extra like a good extra like what five eight minutes of some really great stuff um in terms of the battle because before that i don't know what was going on here we get the fleet of Dorne traveling, we get Theon, Yara, and Ilaria talking and drinking and talking about how the drinks are gross, but that in Dorne it's better. Um, and we get Ilaria and Yara about to do about to do the scissoring, the real scissoring. I I don't know if I would have wanted to watch that. I think <laughs> the if I had OG to compare, <laughs> yeah, if I had to compare, I think, or if I had to vote on what I wanted, I think I I'm I'm I think I'm okay better with the Grey Worm and uh, Masande than I am of wanting to see Alaria and Yara just because I think Alaria just pisses me off a lot. I don't like her character um, at all. But before they can do the deed, they get attacked by Euron. And battle ensues. It's basically Pirates of the Caribbean, like, eight Euron's ambush. I mean, I don't know. Um, we get a really <laughs> That's great... a working title. I know, right? I couldn't think of anything else. But pretty much that's what it is. <laughs> we get Euron with, like, one of the most epic entrances like yes he's like yes. ah you know our i'm here to like basically kill everybody and he gets in there and chaos ensues guys there's a big battle yara's fleet is pretty much losing the sand snakes get in there um euron kills them he kills two he kills obara and um i can't remember the other one that's fine I don't. I know the other. I know the. Li- <laughs> I know the little one, the annoying one, Tyene. I don't remember this one. I'm. God, is she the one who said that? That is um, such. It's, yeah, it's she Nymeria. looks like such a hyena to me. That like name matches her perfectly. Oh, yeah. mama. No, yeah. Obara and Nymeria. Nymeria is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, okay. Name Nymeria. I don't know which one. Okay, then, then it has to be that one. <laughs> the one with the um, with the whip. The one that's like, hey, I'm gonna fight the guy with the sword with a whip. Although she was like the <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez of Westeros, I feel yeah. like. I was feeling to, it. She was like, to be, to be fair, her fight scene with him was actually quite awesome. I really, yes. I did like the scenes much better in the season with the Sand Snakes and fighting. Um, 
I was kind of like, oh, well, he killed them, but the way he did it was so ferocious and, like, just evil. This guy is crazy. He's like a another version of Ramsey, because I don't want to really be comparing, like, Ramsey, Joffrey, and Euron, but Euron has, like, he has experience on the sea, um, he knows yeah. how to fight, he knows, he knows this stuff, so seeing him just massacre those two girls and, um... And then take on Yara, and then he's able to capture her as well. And we get Theon's scene of him reverting back to Reek and abandoning her and leaving. So basically, Euron takes Yara, Alaria, and Tyene hostage. Or as a gift to Cersei. I mean, guys, what did you? how did you feel about this entire scene? Uh, what were your thoughts, your feelings, and if you have anything, any theories going forward? Um, and I'll start with uh, Priscilla. Man... She just said, he's going to be my advisor, and he's going to protect me. Granted, she was saying that right before she was about to get fucked. But, like, still, mm-hmm. like, that was that was a sweet moment. And it was completely ruined by that. But, honestly, I'm saying this to, like, a whole bunch of people who are like, he's such a bitch. What the fuck was he supposed to do? He was going to die. Like, if, he no- moved, if he moved, he could have just, like, slit her throat. Mm-hmm. He has also deeply seated psychological damage. PTSD, yeah, and they from were mu- all that he's experienced. Yeah, if you guys didn't notice, they were uh, Euron's fleet was mutilating uh, all the guys. They were cutting yeah. off their tongues, which probably I, brings back a lot of memories for uh, for for Theon. Oh, poor guy. Yep. I, World's I, worst dentist. My reaction was spot on like that. Like, I was like, oh, but then I was like, oh, like, I was like, both ways, you know, because I understood that in this, in this show, if he would have tried to fight him, I'm pretty sure he would have just killed Yara on the spot or something, or tortured her or something. So his move to, to abandon her was the right choice. I think he'll come back and save her. I think Yara is still safe. Do you guys if, think she if is? There's st- if there's yeah. still stuff to save, like... Man, they keep hyping up Euron as, like, the worst villain that we've seen since. So, and we it, his his ship is called the Silence because, like, people take, like, the tongues of, like, the crew takes the tongues of the people who are there. Like, they can't speak to, like, speak to the atrocities that happen or, or spill his secrets. Wow. So, like, man... I don't know, like, I, 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 I pray for Yara right now to, to survive, and as for, like, Eladia, meh, f- bye, bye ho, I don't care. <laughs> bye, <girl. laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think Yara will die, but Alaria and Tyene are fucked. Yeah. yeah, I think I love the, like, the whole things, how it unfolded. Um, I loved that it was such a buzz moment when like Ilaria and uh, Yara were about to like do their thing and Ilaria and sorry Yara was like she like shrunk her shoulders at the end like well what can I do and like you oh my god that look was perfect (laughs) with with the ale in one hand like well I mean we're about to have a foreign invasion I was like oh my god I'm like yeah you are the boss like I just loved it and then like yeah how everything (laughs) my reaction when like the battle started I'm like I looked at the clock I'm like are we doing this now (laughs) Is this happening? Is this really happening now? And then, um, yeah, like the the two girls got killed. That was 
awesome. Like the whole action scene was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, about that Yara and Tia moment, I thought that Yara was a little bit. I didn't like that she was that she like looked all disappointed and stuff. I'm like, girl, what what are you supposed to do? Like, I completely agree agree with you, Priscilla, that I just don't see him. Like, he would have just either kill her and take and take him or just kill them both like there was nothing he could have done yeah. and then like it just he kind of upset me that that yara was like you know all upset and stuff but it was like in the moment when he like ran away and jumped into the water i was like what and then yeah as i thought about it i was like wow that was like yara you have to you have to understand this like <laughs> yeah, I thought it. I thought she would have said like run Theon save yourself or something. Yeah. But she, she didn't say any of that. I was like, damn girl, like I mean I think uh I think he'll go and, and try to save her. I think he will be able to. Um but I think time's up for Alaria and her daughter Tyene. Um I think that they are dead. I think they're dead as fuck. I mean Alaria killed Marla. This is a really great gift to give to Cersei, which I called Yes last week yeah, I said yeah. it. I said it. Give points. me all the points. Give me all, all the, the dire wolf loaves of bread. Give it to me. <laughs> all the pie. All, <laughs> all the, the pie. All the puss pie. Old ale. Also, <laughs> uh, next up. I thought is- that that last scene was just uh, fantastically shot. Uh, the cinematography. Did you guys like the? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was CGI, but it was still just really, really effective. The embers that were falling from the fires it made this like really surreal scene for all of this uh the violence and um i do think Brittany, your earlier comparisons to a joffrey or to a ramsey are fair uh in terms of a clean-cut villain because i think again this is another reason the show is so compelling is that <clears throat> black and white doesn't exist heroes and villains are not in uh traditional context so i i I think they did a really good job insofar as how they introduced the threat that he bring. Um, I was kind of thinking that this is something that was going to take a couple episodes. But what we're learning about the pacing in this season is it, it, it's a lot quicker. And we're talking about the, you know, uh, Otta talked about the, um, the WhatsApp Raven or the WhatsApp Raven. Um, it, it, everything is moving a lot quicker. Uh, but I thought this was a really good way to establish this character as a threat. He kind of charmed us last week, and we even on this podcast last week gave him props for like the the sick burns that he gave uh, to both Cersei and Jamie. But he showed he's not uh, not to be to be trifled with, and that's terrifying. I did not know that Priscilla that his ship was called the Silence, and that I just thought that they were just fucking weird and just messed up, and they were just like playing with him and were just sadists afterwards. Um, but it was really effective. Regarding Theon and Yara, that was a really difficult scene to watch. Um, like, Theon is a victim of, like, unspeakable and unthinkable abuse and humiliation. And just the idea that, you know, his uh, reunion with his sister, who's very kind of upfront. And that's why, you know, in the, uh, the, that scene in the end where she is kind of looking at him, trying to see what he's going to do. I wish she would have said something, but it made sense to me that she didn't because she made her position pretty clear about what she thought about what he was dealing with and the legitimacy of that and the weight that she thought that it carried. She made that very apparent that 
I don't really give a shit about this. If you're going to keep whining about it, fucking end it. Kill yourself, which is some good old uh, sibling support there. So, um, but I don't know what this says about me, but literally, like, as this fight scene was happening, I was thinking, like, I would jump off that fucking boat in a heartbeat. Like, no joke. Okay? (laughs) Like, swan diving, Olympic, like, I would have been out of there. And then Theon did it, and it made me feel kind of lame, because I was like, oh, man. Like, you know, <laughs> characters you don't like, they'd be like if Littlefinger did it, it's like, oh, man, I need to, to weigh my life choices. <laughs> I don't want to be uh, comparable to Theon. But it was uh, really effective. I think the most, uh, some of the best moments in acting on this show have been without uh, a line of dialogue. And this was a really intense scene between those three actors, those three uh, family members. It was just, it was crazy to see. And I loved, um, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this, I loved, uh, it was fairly unpredictable for me, the way that that scene was going. I didn't know how much was left in the episode. I wasn't, you know, thinking, okay, there's only so many minutes left. This is going to, it has to be climactic, it has to lead to something. Um, It took me by complete surprise. Were you guys surprised by... Uh, A, the fact of how it happened, the way that it went and how silent his shifts were, and B, the fact that, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, how early this is happening in the season. I mean, this was not a hard home or, uh, you know, uh, a full-on one-hour, one-story, one-track kind of game like we've seen before. But it had the same quality of that. It felt kind of like a, a smaller dose of that infused in a, to a traditional episode. So what did you guys think about that? Dude. Aura was right when she mentioned, like, the whole 50-minute thing, like, the mark happened. Mm. And afterwards, like, this came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh. And I didn't have, like, a timer to say, okay, like, the show is about to end in 10 minutes, so this they're they're obviously going to win this war, anything like, like that. I, I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't know what was going to happen. So right. I loved this. I, I loved the... How, how everything was set up for for us as viewers to watch it was great mm-hmm. well shot too very well shot the cinematography on this was top-notch so much going on and it just the way that this comes together and oh i it's, i'm so used to in the normal world i, I like i have to rain back my game of throne like rants in love because i'll just unleash on complete strangers if they even bring it up a little bit but with you guys you guys get it i mean this is uh, this is a, a TV show unlike anything we've seen before. And this last part of this episode for me, uh, especially because I wasn't expecting it and I wasn't thinking, it was just brilliant because it really, uh, it made the stakes higher. There is, uh, it's not going to be smooth sailing for anybody, be that Cersei, be it Daenerys, John, any of the forces, nobody has it easy, maybe save for the White I Walkers. I see what you did there, smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wordplay, banter. Um, it was a really effective way to end the episode. It did end because I wasn't expecting. It was one of those things when the credits just kind of bitch slap you, where it's like, "Are you serious?" I have to. Oh, it, they Game of Thrones me is the best way I can describe it. <laughs> um, I feel like I have nothing to say with that because I think the only thing left for me personally is that my favorite thing was that there was fire everywhere and they were fighting kind of remind me of like the lion king 
at the end of the movie when they have that big battle and there's fire everywhere. There's something about fire that I just, <laughs> I just totally enjoy that there's fire everywhere, it's chaos, and Euron is just like crazy. Like he's in berserk mode. And he's just like killing whatever, and he's like, "Ooh, these sad snakes! I'm gonna kill you!" And I feel like a lot of the <laughs> fandom was probably cheering that he killed them, which is like re- that really sucks for the actresses. Um, but I hope they enjoyed the choreography there because I have nothing to criticize. I thought it was a lot of fun. It looked really cool. Um, and I guess to clear some people's questions about this, because they were talking about how uh, usually the sad snakes have poison in their weapons i don't know if it's all three of them but for sure tyene likes to have poison in her um in her weapons but in this case because of an ambush and because she was not in the fight nobody had poison and euron is alive because he did get hit by nymeria's uh spear or or bar spear like he got he got cut yeah he got cut he took a some bunch hits. of time but he did not have the poison in him so that means Euron's gonna be fine. He kept his word to Cersei, you know. Cersei wasn't like, you know, go and kill the fleet. He just said, I'm gonna go do something that's gonna make you trust me, and we're gonna be on board. So basically, this was BRB. not really Cersei. This was not really um, Cersei's move. It was Euron. So Danny just took her first big hit, and I'm really excited to see the consequences and um, how Cersei's going to celebrate this and is she going to take the proposal? Um, how is she going to torture Alaria and Tyene? Like, I think uh, Cersei's definitely going to torture them more than she's just going to kill them. So, well, um, and with the and with the having only seven episodes, um, the last two ha- being the longest episodes probably in the entirety of the series. And really? The yeah, the sixth, the sixth episode I think is going to be 70 minutes. And oh, the last episode yeah. will be 81. So, oh my god, that's yeah, a movie. So, so, with ah! that, so with that, we have a bigger budget for these episodes. And we have the longer um, episodes. So it's just, that's why this battle looks so good. And probably why we're not going to see a lot of ghosts. And why we only saw Namira once. So all the money's going to be going into these middle mini battles. Because we're going to have a lot more. This is what this season's about. It's about taking King's Landing and Westeros and kind of preparing for the big battle of the Long Night. So, lots of battles to come. And uh, I'm excited. I know we're all excited. So, um, I know we can keep talking. But we gotta move on, guys, because we did finish the episode. A lot of good things. Just so good. I love the show. I mean, you can tell. It's always like a two-hour podcast. Um, (laughs) So, it's time... For us to choose our most valuable um, player, guys, our MVP of the episode. So, which character impressed you the most and why? If you guys forgot the rules, here they are. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and tell us why. If someone has already mentioned the character you were going to choose, you have to select a different one. I was nice last week. And I went first and I gave you guys time. But now I'm going to be mean and I'm going to cho- I'm gonna pick on you. So. <laughs> Aura. Who is your MVP for this episode? Oh, why me first? Okay. I, pressure, 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 pressure. I, pressure. I was thinking about it earlier um, while, while we were talking. And I wanted to say Nymeria just because I love animals. <laughs> and like it was just such a beautiful moment. And I enjoyed it a lot. So mm. I'm just going to stick with that. Even though I could probably make a better choice. But... I'm gonna go with Nymeria because I like animals, and she's a puppy, so 
Yeah, and the symbolism was really nice for her return and her meeting with Arya. Like, it's all good. You can choose that. That's fine with me. Clay, who's your MVP? My MVP is Hot Pie. No. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think my MVP for this week is going to be Varys. Um, I think his scene with Daenerys... Uh, he was unblinking. He stood uh, for what he believed in. He stood in his truth. He accounted for every point that she brought up. And then, like you guys said, they were very valid points. You have turned on the last two, you know, monarchs that you have worked with when you didn't like uh, what they were doing. What is going to stop you from, you know, uh, replicating that experience with me? Um, and I think his answers were earnest and heartfelt. And it felt very sincere. And I think that... Um, with Varys kind of teleporting around Restoros, sometimes he gets lost in the the grand scheme of things. But uh, he kind of resurfaced and came back on my radar this episode. So I'm going to go uh, with Varys. Color me surprised. I totally thought you were going to go for Olena, considering she gave oh, you a chance to talk about Marjorie. Oh, I literally forgot about Can I go back? Can I no. <laughs> no, no, because that's what Priscilla's probably going to choose. Priscilla, oh, who's your MVP? <laughs> no, my MVP is going to be the man who knows nothing, Jon Snow. Man, oh, I've been waiting for somebody to shove and to like push and to fucking beat up Littlefinger. And I didn't get all of that, but I got he some of it. He for a long time. He yes. for a long time, which I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. And I got him having a scene with Sansa where like he shows that he respects her twice. Not only like... like it, consulting her in private but then honoring her in public by letting her take the the throne so to speak of the north and man like it's just it's beautiful scenes going around with Jon Snow and beautiful scenes to come considering he's finally gonna go meet our queen of dragons so yes wow I'm really I'm really glad that all of us had different ones uh different people in mind because I feel like we're never going to steal each other's. I mean, if we do, it's probably going to be in like any like big battle uh, episodes. But I mean, we'll see. We all like we all love different characters here. I kind of like it. Yeah, I I'm like... interested to hear what yours is, Brittany. Oh, my God. It'd be so exciting. And maybe a little <laughs> bit predictable. But I feel like for you, Clay, it's always going to be Marjorie. And she's not even here. But uh, well, we'll see. let's just establish that we'll just honorarily. It's always your gonna be bonus. Marjorie. Your bonus yes. is always Marjorie, no matter right. what. Okay. Yeah, so whoever I'm talking about is number two. <laughs> All right. Okay. So my MVP is Euron. I um I think nice. he he brought the episode um up and he rose the stakes. I mean, I know some of us weren't big fans of the Sand Snakes, which you know a lot of the people a lot of people weren't. Uh, that's not for me the the actresses. It's more of the dialogue and the storyline and the logic, which. There appears to be none, um, <laughs> but the choreography, the fight, the you know, I, I'm a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's why I said that. So this was like a dark turn of a battle on the seas, and I called it too. I said that there was probably going to be a battle on the sea. I love that it was an ambush. I love that everybody got massacred, uh, <laughs> and I love that the consequences wow. are dire. And I want to know how this is going to affect Cersei and how she's going to feel about having a victory. Uh, how Tyrion's gonna feel about his battle plan going south, and how Danny's gonna take uh, uh, the loss of a battle. Like, this just changed the game entirely, and it's yeah. all thanks to Euron just being a crazy-ass motherfucker. 
coming in. Like, not giving a fuck. Yeah, he that entrance. I'm still not over it. Like I want a gif of that. Like <laughs> of him just being on there, being like, yes. Like it reminds me of Vikings, which if you guys have never seen that show, you should. It's awesome. It's gritty. It's it's violent, just like you're on being portrayed. And I I want to yeah. see how how much more we're gonna see of this guy. I want to know what other evils he's going to do, and I want to know what he's gonna do with Yara. Like I mean. This guy has piqued my interest, and I like him so far. And I'm wondering if they're gonna ever make me hate him later. So that is my MVP. And to move on to the last thing, guys, how w- are we gonna rate this episode? Um, remember, it's on a scale of one to ten silver stags, and uh, the point system is allowed. So if you don't feel like it quite made a ten or a nine or eight or what have you, you can do the point system. And I'm gonna go in reverse. So I'm going to give this episode a 9 out of 10. It was definitely better than the premiere. All my favorite characters came out. We had some great interactions. We had a really great transition of pie and scales and stuff. Um, <laughs> and just some really great quotes. And Danny saying Jon Snow's name and Jon Snow saying Danny's name. Just a lot of good stuff just to make me excited for the next episode. So... I'm next, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, you're next. So right. go ahead. <laughs> I, got, I forgot my own order. <laughs> I'm here waiting and nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> my grade is going to be an eight because I felt like it was a uh, it was a better episode than last episode for sure. Um, but this it doesn't have that like, kind of like sparkly quality of like when something is like crazy like battle of the bastards that deserves like a 10 or a gold but it's it, it's it's not bad either like it's right in the middle like it's just it's good like it's it was an okay episode for game of thrones meaning like it far surpasses everything else right. and i'm waiting for more yes yes i agree I, i'm okay with that with that uh with that rating play what's your rating? <clears throat> um I'm gonna be super finicky and give this one an 8.75 cuz damn that's, that's like re- that's like really precise I'm wow. actually gonna change that I'm gonna give it an 8.82 no I'm just kidding uh 8.75 it was really uh, it was good um <clears throat> it's it's hard to rate these episodes and so um, I promise next week I'm gonna do a lot of thinking before and I'm gonna think of like my rating because they're all so fucking good it's just but you don't want to give it a 10 all the time right it's yeah like, yeah i just don't I, you know what i mean it's like i gotta play it cool it's like uh, somebody i'm trying to impress and i don't want to you know <laughs> the, the the full steam all the time it, it it was great um and like priscilla said and like we all keep kind of saying this uh <clears throat> the worst episode of game of thrones is better than the best episode of a lot of tv shows so yeah i'm gonna give it eight point um seven five shippers people who are looking for a, a little dash between their murder and mayhem and macabre stuff in westeros uh they got their moments um i i think in this episode became a masande and gray worm shipper and i'm the worst at coming up with ship names so i'm not even gonna do that but I don't i'm even sure there's they a oh my God. do they not i, I find that disappointing huh That's you know what you have to look up yeah, I'm gonna look that up too. If there isn't, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking start it because they call them Gray Day. 
Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Great day. Miss Sunworm. No, I'm just kidding. Miss <laughs> Worm. No, I'm just kidding. Miss Worm. <laughs> okay, Hoda, what is your rating of this episode? Um, I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go with Priscilla and give it an 8. Because I thought, you know, as good as it was and as good as that, like, I feel like that last, um, the battle was like five points of the eight that I'm giving it because it was just so cool. And then, <laughs> but it the, the episode was a little, um, it was a little slow, like a little quiet and like calm. It was, it was kind of like, it was a little bit like last episode, but, um. It was still good. Like it's still great. I just I'm just saving my higher numbers for the episodes to come. Of course, of course. I totally understand you guys. Um I, I just give it a nine because I think uh I think that little finger scene just really like upped up up the game for me. Surprisingly, even though I chose Euron, <laughs> right? Um I'm just a really I guess when you ask me who I ship, I like on the down low like kind of like john and sansa um so him the way he just comes to her rescue like i just i absolutely love that it's like the type of guy i always wanted for sansa but she never got it although Tyrion was very sweet it was just not who who i wanted so john just choking the life out of Littlefinger for like a good like 30 <laughs> seconds just like is a nine like that's the closest we're getting until his death so like that for me is a nine and then don't forget guys we also have a, a gold uh, dragon coin. So you know, if you want to be a little lenient, that's fine. I will not judge you. No one here. But we only get one of those, right? That's the rule. We get no, one not of one those. For, not one for the season. It's just one. Like that's it. Like for the episode. Like you can give. Oh. You can give two dragon coins if you want. Like for two episodes. Like that's fine. <laughs> oh, now that's he goes. I didn't explain the rules right. Oh my god, fire me! I'm the worst moderator. <laughs> no, you probably explain these perfectly, and I just I'm the like short term memory of a hamster, so it's really difficult. Okay, for me to, then it is you. It's if I didn't write it, yeah, 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 I, it's definitely me. If I didn't write it down, oh it didn't happen for sure. <laughs> but yeah, oh, one thing I do want to say um, before we sign off. Last week I said that I was going to look into the Davos theory. I said I was going to bring that uh, when we were talking conversation i'm actually going to do that next week because i want to talk to you guys about that and yada 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 beforehand but there is a theory uh that a lot of fans subscribe to that in the religion of the lord of the light that davos not daenerys not john and not stannis uh is the one who's promised so i'm gonna look into that and then i'll, I'll let you guys know what i find next week oh that's a nice theory considering davos doesn't really believe but then he does because john was brought back like that, that's pretty cool to to find that yeah find that out for us and remind us next week i'm gonna get my britney on i'm gonna put my britney hat on and dig in yes yes <laughs> let's do it and on that note guys now our watch has ended join us next time for a brand new installment of the throne room once again here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio.
Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-host, what do we say to the god of death? Not, Not today. today. Not today. <laughs> Please wish the listeners a good night. Bye. Bye. Good night. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Throne Room every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Good night.